0: Freakazoid, you're always hanging around. (laughs) (laughs) Lobe. So you're behind this. That's right, Freakazoid. With this atomic demolecularizer, I can turn anyone into a clown zombie, trained to do my bidding. Why? The perfect plan. Everyone loves a clown. There's a knock on the door. It's a clown. You let it in. The next thing you know,
1: they've taken over for me.
0: Well, if you don't mind me saying so. That is the stupidest plan I've ever heard of. No, it's not. It's a good plan. Baloney! People don't like clowns. What were you thinking? That's just dumb. uh uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Dumb, dumb, dumb. And you're doing it out here in the middle of nowhere. There aren't even that many people around. What were you thinking? Explain it to me. I, I'm i not sure. I, I Come on, get out of there. I expected a lot more from you than this, clown zombies. Please. You're right. I'm
1: sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I'm overtired. Is the best I could do. <laughs> Turn off the cloud.
0: Now go on Get out of here Go I'm sorry I'm so sorry Go on Sorry I'm so sorry Sorry I'm sorry (laughs) Again I think we should start every episode with a David Warner clip. <laughs> How about we just shorten
1: it down to "I'm sorry." <laughs> That's funny. the legendary man intro might be the most appropriate ever since we started with David Warner. Yeah, who is everything.
0: Mm-hmm. He's, He's a, a legendary man too. Yeah,
1: not with us anymore.
0: Wait, what? Isn't he dead? No,
1: still alive. What? <laughs> The day the he dies, podcast? I'm not
0: going to be able to do this podcast for, like, was, months. I thought he was dead. No. Oh, he's God. still around. There could be a Tron sequel. Sark 2? hmm Electric Boogaloo? <laughs> um, episode 5. Who would have thought we would make it this far? I mean, 4, maybe, but to make it 5? That's impressive.
1: My wife said to me, you're doing a fifth episode? Yeah. And I said, "Yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it?" Mm-hmm. And she said, "I had you guys dead at three. Mm-hmm.
0: So she was like, "I haven't listened
1: to any of them, but wow!" Let's go fuck yourself, wife. Here we are, five <laughs> episodes. I won't be fucking you because you didn't think we could get this far.
0: No and a dick for you. And it's. <laughs> what the fuck? And it's funny because I have written down on the board force you on a sex strike. I've written down on the board what episode four is going to be this, episode five is going to be this. And they're like nowhere near what I have written down. They're so like askew from what we originally envisioned. That means we've got like a lot of material uh, mm-hmm. to look forward to. But it's just funny how that worked out. i like, oh, I'll be all organized and I'll write this shit down and then nothing. All goes to crap. Yeah. It's you know who else not.
1: doesn't have a whole lot to look forward to?
0: Hmm. Denny. Well, he, should, he has a lot to look forward no, to. No, he doesn't. Well, just being here and helping us with this. That's I'd look forward to that if I was. Oh, there.
1: well, that, yeah, but I mean nothing else. This mm-hmm. is pretty much the summation of his life existence, you know. Mm-hmm. Just sitting in that booth swimming in his feces. <laughs> and pushing that, that button. Was that that feces proof button.
0: <laughs> yeah. Somebody has to clean up that mess. I hope he does it. Is anybody cleaning it? Well, I think he I hope he does. I think he does. I don't know. He's got to live on something. I don't, yeah. So fucking gross. guy. So gross, Denny. Seriously. A friend
1: of mine actually was in a discussion with me on Facebook, and I had to talk to him about what's been going on in Captain America, the comic book lately, and he said, you know what? He said something to the effect of, you know what? At some point, I'm just going to end up being in Denny's place. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't type it, but in my head, I'm like, you'd never be that lucky, motherfucker. Yeah. Which tells you what I think of him. hmm Hi, Rich. <laughs> Oh, Rich, this is our, uh, yeah, okay, yeah.
0: I know the Rich you're talking about. Now, Rich is a great guy. Yeah.
1: An awesome guy.
0: Mm-hmm. But he's no Denny. Who could be? Yeah.
1: Who'd want to be?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, episode five, what do we have today? What's on the plate?
1: Are we not doing a allegory? Like, in the past, we've done a whole, you know, the Captain Picard to my Riker and the Terry Bogard to my Andy Bogard. You didn't have one for me this time.
0: No, because David Warner. Kind of takes precedence over all that. I can come up with one, like off the cuff, if you want. I'll do it right now. Ready? I'm Ray Price, and with me, as always, is the curly to my mo. Not sad.
1: Now I'm uh, the dumb one, but at least I'm the funny
0: one. Yeah, And you're bald, so. Kind of works out.
1: So I'm bald, so I'm like curly? Oh, well, Yeah. Would you call Stone Cold Steve Austin Curly?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Any bald guy, really, I'd call like Curly, just because. Because it's funny to me, that's why.
1: he would open up a Steve Wire on your ass. (laughs) I'm thinking about doing
0: it. Good luck finding me in this basement recording studio.
1: It's got laser security like in the Resident Evil movie. Yeah,
0: you gotta put your hand on the thing.
1: Speaking of which... My wife, the Resident were, Evil movie, yeah. My wife and I were talking about these movies and how fucking terrible they are. Oh my god, she gets mad at me because I make her see them every time. And she's like, You know how bad they are? Why do we keep going to them? I'm like, I love Resident Evil, I yeah. can't help myself. And yeah, I walk out and they're fucking stupid. I don't even see the redeeming value in them, to be honest. It's, I don't even consider them guilty pleasures. They're just god awful movies.
0: Well, the interesting thing is, the first one wasn't based on any of the games, right. It was well, just like, uh, has like some zombie things and Mila Jovich, but it really doesn't have any of the characters from the game. And then, like, in the second one on, they were like, we're sorry. Now we're going to make them like the game. But they retain her as a character just because she was in the first one, even though she wasn't in any of the games. And also, she's the wife of the director, as I understand What's well, the it.
1: classic case in Hollywood of them calling something by a familiar name what they end up producing is nothing to do with it whatsoever. Yeah. I mean Resident Evil Until 5 was all about atmosphere and dread and tension and In the first Resident Evil movie, you have Mila Jovovich kicking a zombie dog. Like, if you could kick a zombie dog in Resident Evil, why would you ever have to worry about anything? If you had martial arts maneuvers in the first game. In the later games, when they become more action-oriented and the game becomes more like a sandbox, the environments become more wide open where you can do more. Martial arts and melee attacks, whatever. But in those early games where it was all... Tight corridors, constricted passages, you know, limited movement, and even the tank controls had something to do with that. Imagine if you could do devastating melee attacks that knocked the enemies down. Even if it didn't kill them, just knocked them down. Running out of bullets would never be a problem. But the point that we were trying to get to, we were talking about you because we brought this up about our sophisticated multi-million dollar security enhanced basement. I was going to bring up how it's got, like, laser security, which reminded me of the Resident Evil movie. Stupid, where they get chopped up, right? Where, where the people get chopped scene. up. scene. My wife brought this up to me, and I never really thought about it. I never really cared, to be Is honest. that a spoiler? The, huh? the
0: people getting chopped up in a Resident Evil movie?
1: I guess. If you've <laughs> not seen the Resident Evil movie by this point, do yourself a favor and don't. But oh. the laser functions in a very strangely specific way yeah. in that movie. If you go into the hallway mm-hmm. and the laser misses you, then the laser comes at you in a different way. Yeah. If the laser misses you again, it comes at you in a different way, with mm-hmm. a different pattern. Yeah. Then if it misses you again, it just fills the whole hallway with lasers and kills you. Why not you. do that first? Why not just do that from the start? Yeah. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, so. I
0: mean, we're talking about the Resident Evil movies. Let's be honest. Yeah,
1: but that scene is in Resident Evil 4 as well. There's a laser trap like that in Resident Evil 4.
0: But I will say that Chris Redfield is played by a guy named uh, Wentworth Miller, who is now playing Captain Cold in DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and he's the best thing on that show.
1: Well, unfortunately, he wasn't the best thing about the, no.
0: the movie he was in. No,
1: I don't want to say he was a terrible... was a ter- Okay, I'm going to say it. He was a terrible Chris Redfield, but it had nothing to do with him. Right. It right. was a terrible portrayal of the character. It's a terrible portrayal of Claire... Uh, Leon and Barrier in one of the movies they're awful whole thing's awful they're awful portrayals and the reason why is because the director just doesn't get it right you know well I guess maybe he does I'm making these movies he wants to just
0: make a horror movie he doesn't necessarily like get the games
1: Capcom is like okay we're gonna spend 40 to 50 million on this movie we know we're gonna get like 700 or 800 million back worldwide they're profitable because people are willing to pay because they're fun and people yeah people pay money to pay yeah Capcom thinks that there's nothing wrong. Well, look where they are financially <laughs> now. and You know you can see that the whole idea of doing the movies that way is, I don't want to say it's a contributing factor to how bad they've done because clearly if you're making money off of something, then you're not doing that badly. But it's just an example of the general bad management that company has been suffering with for some time now. Yeah. So I don't really want to talk about the Resident Evil movies, even though we just did. Just oh, you'd don't.
0: rather talk about Legends of Tomorrow then?
1: Uh, I haven't seen it. Oh. You can talk about it.
0: It's good. That's all. That's all I would say about it. And I was very surprised that it was good because this mismatch of characters from all over the place. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this because some of the characters are original to that show. Some of the characters are from Flash. Some of the characters are from Arrow. I don't watch Arrow. I watch Flash. So, like, the ones from Arrow, I'm like, well, I don't know who they are, so I don't care about them. The ones from Flash, I didn't even like and then the ones that are original to the show, I don't know who they are, so I don't care about them. So essentially I'm like I'm I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to watch this and see what I think of it and it's like now like my favorite of all of them. I look forward to it more than Flash now. It has like a little like flavor of uh Firefly to it almost because it's just like a bunch of people who don't belong together and they're together. A couple of them are villains even. And they're there and they're like, you know, we're going to travel through time. It has time travel involved. We'll like rob a bunch of shit from different time periods and make even more money. That's their motivation to be there. So it's kind of cool that there's villains there and there's heroes there and it's it's really good. Do you watch Flash? No, I haven't watched any of the DC TV show offerings
1: yet. No. I I don't really watch a lot of TV. I mean, I have a few staple shows that I watch, but I don't really go out of my way to catch TV. It's just – it's such a time-consuming thing. Oh, yeah. And I'd rather be doing something more active than passive. Mm-hmm. There are some shows I have a passion for. We've discussed that in the past, but – to just sit down and say, Well, I haven't watched Arrow yet, so I'm just going to start watching Arrow. Yeah. Like, I don't know. See, that
0: was, yeah, I was kind of the same way with that. Like, they're on season four now. I was like, That's a kind of a daunting task to take on four seasons of 22 plus episodes. I guess, I, was like, uh,
1: I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that if I don't have a passion for the subject matter going in, I don't really want to invest the time in it. Daredevil, for example, which, you know, we watched the second season and we both talked about that. <laughs> We've talked about it off the air. We really liked it, but generally we thought it was not as good as the first season overall. Yeah,
0: but that's Uh, not to say it was bad by any means. You come off as like, oh, it's not that good, but it it is good. Just season one, we preferred over it. Season
1: one just feels like a more consistent season in terms of quality. Uh, The things I like in season two, I like more than the things I liked in season one, but season two I feel has a bit of a drop off. It's not bad. But I do think that the first season overall is a more consistently strong effort. And that's largely due to Daredevil's chemistry with Wilson Fisk. Mm -hmm. It's the theme of the whole
0: season. Who is scary as hell. And Vincent D'Onofrio plays that role so, so well. You know,
1: it's interesting that you bring that up because I would like nothing more than for one of the upcoming Sony Spider-Man movies for them to use Wilson Fisk as the bad guy. Which
0: they could. Because they're connected.
1: So, yeah, they could easily go ahead and do that. There'd probably need to be more legal yeah. stuff to do We're it. We're
0: talking about a sort of Marvel-used character with a Marvel TV character. It might be tough. but Well,
1: I know that Disney doesn't really want to have any direct crossovers between the Netflix stuff and the cinematic stuff. Mm. They make constant references to it yeah. on the Netflix side, but I would be very surprised if you saw the the Netflix characters make their way into the cinematic universe. It might be like a sideways mention. They keep rumor,
0: yeah, rumoring it for like Infinity War, but I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I, happening.
1: What I've heard is that Marvel wants to kind of keep the two separate entities, and I don't think it has anything to do with them being embarrassed of one or the other, or think that one is lesser than the other. I just think they like the idea of having two completely separate tones of storytelling and it might be a bit difficult to combine the two yeah but i think that wilson fisk is a really good crossover that could work very well in a spider-man movie he was originally a spider-man villain anyway
0: right it's interesting how the marvel cinematic universe is so great and then some of the people always rail on like agents of shield oh the movies are way better on marvel and the tv's not as good and then like on dc the TV's way better than the cinematic side. They like they flip-flopped. But once Daredevil came around and then uh, Jessica Jones after it, I, I watched both of them, and I thought they were in their own class. Flash and Legends of Tomorrow are cool shows. They're cool. Daredevil and Jessica Jones, they are good, if you can I, understand the yeah, difference. Yeah, I,
1: I, I understand exactly what you're saying. There's a bit more, I think, artistic credibility and yeah. merit to Daredevil and Jessica Jones. I'll tell you what, though. I'm four episodes into Jessica Jones. I am not into it. Okay. I'm trying really hard. I know that when David Tennant shows up, it's supposed to get, like, completely awesome. Yeah. The problem that I have with it is that I don't like anybody on the show. (laughs) I think Jessica Jones, quite frankly, is just an annoying bitch. Yeah. And I don't mean that in, like, a denigrating to women type of way. I just think that Jessica Jones is just... not a likable character. She's not likable at all. Yeah. She's just just a
0: drunk. Bitchy, drunk... Yeah snotty person that just once the story gets rolling that gets better because i thought the same thing at first i'm like i don't know how can you be into this character but then once all the set pieces fell into place and the characters found their place in the world it I, got a lot better i
1: had trouble buying the chemistry between her and luke cage in the first four episodes i'm just like why does he see anything in her like if she was just somebody he wanted to fuck yeah i'd get that yeah. but then he spends times talking to her about powers and stuff like that i did like the scene when they were um sitting at the table at the cafe or whatever and they're talking about how they discovered their powers yeah that was really cool scene like superheroes don't i think that's their bond i
0: think that's their bond it's not necessarily i like you as a person but it's difficult to find somebody like me in this world i was okay with their relationship because it's like wow somebody like me if
1: that's what they see in each other, okay, I guess. Maybe I just missed that. Like from the start when they eyeball each other and they yeah. they have the hots for each other. I'm just like,
0: how did that happen? How yeah. did
1: how did they actually develop a relationship? Why isn't this just fucking? Yeah. You know, and Well, how come well Maybe they, it is. How come they don't break the bed when they fuck?
0: I'm like, not going to say anything. Makes no sense. I don't to want me. to spoil anything.
1: Okay, well, now I know that the bed's going to break. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. I, I don't Oh my god. The bed breaks when Jessica Jones and Luke Cage are fucking. The show's ruined for me.
0: Thank you, Denny.
1: Yeah, but now the show's fucking ruined for me because the bed broke. You know, yeah. I know that the bed broke. Not right, that the bed broke. Right, 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 right. Oh, my God. I'm not going to quit on it, but it uh, got to a point with Daredevil where I kept watching the first few episodes. It wasn't that interesting at the very beginning, but the difference is here with Daredevil. I like the characters. I just didn't care about what they were doing in the first few episodes. Yeah. And then that one episode comes along, and you're just hooked, and right, now you want right. to binge it. Now yep. you have to see it all it turns yep. out. That's the one thing I'll say about season two of Daredevil from the first episode it's gripping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, right from oh, the yeah. very
0: beginning. Well, yeah, I had to keep. Watch. Right at the end of the first episode, I'm like, all right, we're watching the second one right now.
1: Yeah. I actually watched the first three all in a row, and I don't do that. I won't sit down and watch three hours of television in a row.
0: I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's a scene where Daredevil and Punisher hash out their differences that's just fucking amazing. Two it, great it- actors. John Bernthal as Punisher, holy mackerel! Yeah, he's he was great. so good. At it.
1: <laughs> I think that he tends to fall into a little bit of his Bernthalisms, you <laughs> know, like. The Shane head wagging thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like that—that's well, yeah. that, that's, that's part of his acting. I yeah, get it, but yeah. it came through a few times, and I kind of wish that he remained a bit more stoic. Yeah. But it's not a criticism. It's just I saw a little bit of the guy coming through in the performance, and that's okay. They cast the guy for a specific reason, and maybe that's what they wanted. It's right. fine. He worked perfectly well within the context of the role, mm-hmm. especially that part where they uh, baked a the cake together. And uh, Frank Castle put a bunch of candles in the cake, and he's like, "Guess how old I am, Daredevil?" Mm-hmm. A great scene. Did I spoil it?
0: Denny didn't hit it. That must not have happened.
1: You must have like gone to the bathroom during that scene. Well, he can't well, he <laughs> And then there well, were f- well, then Denny were
0: catalogs fe- catalogs all cinema everywhere, so that he knows when we're doing spoilers. Well, or he not. missed one. Yeah,
1: he missed one because it happened, <laughs> and they were feeding each other pieces of cake. It was all really gay, but not at all out
0: of character. You saying, well, it happened, reminds me of uh, the Sam Witwer Palpatine thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it happened. Well, I don't believe you, but I'm telling the truth. (laughs) All right, let's talk about this later, Lord Vader. (laughs) If you haven't seen that, you should try and download that. Where would they find it?
1: I've had trouble locating it on the internet when I pointed out to
0: friends. I have to basically send them the file. Yeah, I only have it because... They have the file. Yeah, yeah.
1: My, my friend from high school, KJ, he found it for me, as well as the Conan one where Subutai keeps farting everywhere.
0: <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. But uh to hear that one.
1: He used to host it. Okay. And he took it down, oh. and I don't know where he got it from. But
0: I want to know why he made it and what started it and how did it I die. just want to
1: know why it's so obscure now, why you can't find it yeah. anywhere.
0: How did it get made and why did it get made and whatever?
1: stuff. It's classic. Yeah. Maybe the funniest Star Wars-related joke I've ever heard. (laughs) It
0: is is really good. So uh, last time, I think it was last episode, we were talking about uh, Star Trek Continues. Remember that?
1: Yeah, that was pretty much the tail end of the episode.
0: The Indiegogo's still going on, so please get over there and donate. If you have even a passing interest in Star Trek, you should check the show out and uh, give it a donation. And so should you. I'm pointing at you.
1: Okay. I heard one of the stretch goals is that Vic Manani will show up at your house and fuck you in the ass if you're Ray Price.
0: Now, this does nothing to, uh, to help his cause. <laughs> but it's helping yours. Okay. I'm I not have... letting that go. <laughs> I'll never live it down.
1: What the hell is that on the desk? What? Is that a timer?
0: Yeah, that's a timer.
1: We have a timer? Yeah, yeah. Who put that there?
0: Denny? Yeah, yeah, did yeah. you fucking put a timer there? Well, we were talking off the air and he's like, you guys talk too much. You talked to Denny? Well, yeah, because that's where we get all the sound effects from. I have to tell him like get the, get all these sound effects and bits and things, you know. I I have to tell him what we need for the show. He has to produce the show. Hold on. So, hold on. Hold on. I'm reaching
1: out to my representation.
0: Okay. I'll
1: wait. Ray talked to Denny and violated the contract.
0: I signed the contract so that we couldn't talk to Denny or did he it? Sign it was it? a verbal contract. It oh. was an honor thing.
1: It was like a handshake where we didn't shake hands. We're not supposed to talk to Denny. We're not supposed to let him out of there. The fact that there's a timer on this desk yeah. indicates to me that
0: he was in this room. He just got it for me. I. Did. How did he get it for you? Why, we, he's we we like? Uh, Did you give him internet access? Well, he's the producer, and he's what the like, "Fuck, man!" I'm, I'm like, "What? What do we do? We like, what do we? You know?" And he's like, "You guys. Well, for one thing, the feedback we're getting is that you guys talk too much. He's he, not supposed he to re- talk. Well, he reads all of our mail.
1: That's well, fine.
0: So I'm like, I'm not gonna sift through those. There's like those big." Big white railroad style bags of fan mail that we keep the, getting. The, I can't. I can't be bothered to see if they're wrong. The point, I give them to him, and he's like, what are, "What are what are the criticisms?" He's like, "You guys talk too much." The so. point of we need him to put up a timer f- to tell mm. you guys to stop. You know,
1: the point of him reading the fan mail is because I don't want to read it. I don't care. I don't want to know.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't he care He can either. read it.
1: He can read it, and I don't fucking care what it says. That's why he's the guy that reads it because I don't. He's yeah. never. I'm never going to talk to him. So Look. I'm never gonna know.
0: Oh no, to make me no make no mistake, I don't care either, but you know But he talked to he you. He says, yeah, he got he got a, well not directly, he got on the mic, you know. You let he, him speak though. And he was like, yeah, the you know, the feedback He has a mic. That-
1: All he's supposed to do is have headphones and a button.
0: Yeah. Well he has the button. Doesn't it does it work, Denny?
1: What the fuck else is going on in here? <laughs> All right, so we have a timer from Denny.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because we talk too much. So this will indicate to us that uh, we need to stop talking. Who is he to tell us we talk too much? According to the demographics and the focus groups, you know, that's, that's how it is.
1: He has access to demographics and focus groups? Yeah. Just
0: fucking anarchy. He handles all that. I don't... Uh, he's
1: like... He's acting I can't be like bothered. Real, I don't have time. But he's acting like a real producer. His only job <laughs> is supposed to be to listen to us and push a button. I know. Denny, if, you're not getting a raise. And you're never coming out of that box. Yeah. And if I ever see you, I'm going to fucking kill you.
0: <laughs> it's harsh, man. But at least he caught that.
1: He's going to catch more than that. <laughs> He's going to catch my fist in his eye.
0: So, yeah, there's a, there's a timer now. So that lets us know we, uh, we talk too much when, right. uh, when it goes off. Yeah, well, that means we talk
1: too Great. much. Great. We talk too much. It's not going to stop me. No, that's... It's I just don't. to let us know. Right. It's not going to change anything.
0: It's just a suggestion more than anything else. Like, maybe now, you know, is the time to start ramping it up in the next couple hours. It sounds
1: to me like Denny is starting to get tired of listening to us. We may have to replace
0: him. Yeah. Rich,
1: you looking for a job? Hey! <laughs> you go. It requires you to have uh, an iron constitution and a digestive system that only one other person has on the planet. The joke finally the comes
0: full circle. <laughs>
1: Anyway, so, so uh, Star,
0: you... uh, Star Trek is something about Star Trek. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, it was.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. Vic Mananya pawing you in the Vic... asshole.
0: <laughs> so... There's another one that's not Star Trek Continues. It's called Axanar. When we talked about uh, Star Trek Continues, we were like, oh, isn't it cool of Paramount that they let them do this? Not so fast now, because now this story came out. There's this other one called Axanar and uh, Paramount shut them down.
1: What the hell did they shut them down for? That's
0: what I wondered. I was like, this is weird. I was a little worried. I was like, oh, does that mean they're like starting to crack down? They're going to shut down Star Trek Continues and all this. So the dude that runs it, this guy named Alec Peters, and he said basically that they shut him down because they raised like a million dollars on their crowdfunding campaign. That's a lot. Yeah. And he thinks like it was a red flag and, you know, that's kind of why they did it. He's like, XNR is a cut above the usual, quote, fan produced movie. There's a reason why Axanar look like professional movies, because we have professionals working on it. These are professionals. They do this for a living. They're not fans who are voice actors or Elvis impersonators. He's ripping directly on Vic Menanya right there. So I saw this kind of a dick move by the guy running this thing. That it's like, oh, it's was not made Was by... this message
1: before they got shut down?
0: No, this was after. It sounded to me like he's pissed off that they got shut down, so he's lashing out at, the, oh, they get to do it. So it just kind of made me mad that the dude was like ripping on Star Trek Continues. When he says they're not fans who are voice actors, you know exactly who he's ripping on yeah. when he says that. And I was like, it's kind of a dick move to attack well, like well, another dude. Uh, just another dude who loves Star Trek just like you do, but you're being a fucking baby. Because yours got shut down and his didn't. I was like, kind of annoyed by that. Um, They're not voice actors or Elvis impersonators who have a hobby and have always wanted to play Captain Kirk. That's the quote. That's not to knock fan films. But he He, just did. He backpedals. (laughs) He just knocked fan films. I'm just saying, if you want volunteers, you get a certain quality. You want professionals, you got to pay for them. It's that simple. It's because of our quality. That's why they shut us down. It's real really? simple. Star Trek Continues, now he specifically mentions, Star Trek Continues is a fan film. Amateur actors, beautiful sets, well done photography, but it's a fan film. There's no way you'd take that for real TV show. Yes, there is. We it, just did. You would take that for a real TV show because...
1: It's, it looks exactly like the that's fucking the TV show. point I was going to make.
0: I would argue that your production, that's theatrical quality, looks nothing like Star Trek.
1: I don't know what this Axanar is. How, first of all, how is it related to Star Trek? I'm going to make my point in a second, but how is this related to anything
0: Paramount owns? It's based in the Star Trek universe. What is
1: Axanar, though?
0: I don't know. Okay. Like, I don't know enough about it. I okay. just read this story, so, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. After I saw Star Trek Continues... I became interested, oh, maybe there's more cool stuff like this. I'll look at some other fan films now, now that I'm over this whole, well, it's fan film, you know, it's not the real thing. But then I saw Star Trek Continues, it turned me around. I'm going to go look for more stuff like this and see if, like, any of it's any good. And none of it's come close. But then I read this story, and I was like, oh, what's this all about? This is interesting. So I checked it out, and it's just like, you know, it's based in the Star Trek universe. And it actually has, like, Star Trek actors in it, like some people from... That have been in Star Trek or, or like in it and stuff. So
1: my guess is gonna be that this guy saying that we had professionals working on it and all this stuff. Not that Paramount is worried yeah. with the third Star Trek movie coming out.
0: Mm-hmm. And a new Star Trek TV series. That's also. true.
1: They probably don't want anything that could be construed as directly competing with yeah. what they're doing. Star Which I've Trek- always
0: felt like was horseshit. Nobody's going to be confused. No,
1: no, but Star Trek there's the same continues- bullshit
0: with Smallville, where they're like, "Oh, you can't show Superman." Why? Who's going to be confused?
1: Yeah. What are you talking about? Well, isn't that why you tune in because you want to eventually see him become Superman? But here, here, a Superman show without Superman. Where have I heard that mm-hmm. line? A couple of Hollywood douches yeah. talked about yeah, that yeah. in some commercial. Yeah. Didn't end very well. <laughs> no. Maybe if they talked about sports. Oh, but. <laughs> Here's the point I'm going to make. Yes. Uh, two points, actually. Yeah. I'm going to finish my first point, then I'm going to make my second point, which was originally my first point, but now it's my second <laughs> okay, point. Go ahead. I feel like maybe they look at Star Trek Continues as being such a completely separate entity, and mm-hmm. it's only aspiring to be a fan film, yeah. a fan effort. A so, fan effort
0: of the original series right. that they're not looking to remake anytime soon in exactly. that style.
1: That's the point I was going to make. Star Trek Continues is not anything that Paramount is. They're not ever going to revisit the original show as the original show. They're only going to do what J.J. Abrams Abrams and Bad Robot did if they even revisit that universe again. Whereas this other thing, the production values might be a little higher than they're comfortable with because it might bridge the gap more between a fan effort and something professional. I get it. This guy believes that he was making something that was top-notch quality. Whereas the Star Trek Continues people are like, we're trying to make something that is 100% visually and thematically accurate with the thing that inspired us to do it. They're not reaching to make it more than what it was. They just want to continue to make it what it was. See, I like Star Trek Continues because it's such a fan effort made of love. There's such a painstaking attention to detail to keep it in that same universe, to right. make it feel like the same thing. They're not trying to do more with it than what they are. Whereas this X and R thing, it sounds to me like the guy's like, well, we raised all this money and we have actual professionals working on it. This guy sounds butthurt because Paramount didn't align with his grand vision. Yeah. And he feels that somehow a less worthy production than what he's doing is being allowed to continue yeah. which irony Star Trek continues nah. Exonar does not continue <laughs> I feel like this guy is sounding a little entitled oh yeah I don't know anything about xonR I don't know anything about the people working on it if it's as good as they I, thought I wasn't it compelled
0: was, to like research it and find out like well
1: they could be really talented people so I don't want it to be a denigration of their talent but guys, you have to understand that there are a lot of people out there that like Star Trek Continues. And when you shit on the people that are putting effort into Star Trek Continues, you're basically as much as telling us that it's not valid for us to like Star Trek Continues because there's better stuff out there. Star Trek Continues is perfectly fine for what it's trying to do. It is not trying to rewrite anything. It's not trying to set a bar. It's trying to set its own bar. Mm -hmm. It's trying to measure up to the original show at the same time. So it's measuring up to the original show's bar.
0: Well, if you ask me, it's canon. That's how good it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you ask me this is the the fourth season of Star Trek? That's
1: probably the other part of the Saxonar guy's bitching is that he feels like his efforts have now been illegitimized and where he looks upon something that he considers to be an inferior production because it's the production values in the old show yeah. is somehow legitimized like oh these guys they're not putting as much effort into their production as we are into ours it's not it doesn't look as good as ours is going to look but somehow they're more legitimate well yeah. if you legitimate. ask me
0: it's simpler to just make a movie in the conventional terms it's more difficult and more painstaking to try to emulate yeah. the look of something that came out in 1969
1: oh, you speaking as someone who does repros you appreciate that sentiment very much. Mm -hmm. You get it. You understand how much effort goes into creating something like a Star Trek Continues because you kind of do the same thing in the repro scene. You're recreating with painstaking detail those physical products of a bygone era that companies are not going to make anymore. You get it. You understand not only the passion for it, but the artistry that goes into it and the technical side of it. Whereas this guy's like, we're just going to make it. Oh, and also,
0: here's the the cash for that plug you just gave me. Thank you.
1: Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Denny, you're not getting any of this. In fact, you owe me money, Denny, (laughs) for reasons.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: At the end of the day... I hear this statement, and I'm not angry about it like you are, but I guess I'm just disappointed that, for some reason, there are divisions within nerddom.
0: Everybody loves Star Trek. Why are you attacking everybody else, you know? Just, like, take it like a man and be like, yeah, it sucks, and I would have liked to have seen it. You know, if it's as great as you say it is, I would have liked to have seen it. It sucks that it didn't work out, but don't go after a pissed off. It's It's a very Quentin Tarantino thing to do.
1: I understand why, and I explained why he's upset about it, because... His efforts are not being viewed as legitimate, so he's been shut down, whereas something that he feels is inferior is legitimized. My response to that would be to be a bit more diplomatic about it, to be like, you know what?
0: I mean, if you want to say all this shit, say it to your friends, not publicly. I,
1: I publicly don't fucking castigate somebody else for accomplishing what they set out to do in a similar field. Yeah. In fact, maybe the way I would have gone about doing it, and I'm not emotionally connected to it, so maybe I can see it with a clearer vision, Mm -hmm. would be to say, this is really unfortunate that this happened. All of us are really upset. We've put a lot of hard work into it. We're going to try to appeal to Paramount to allow us to continue with this production. Put a positive spin on it. Don't shit on other people for doing what they're doing. It just sounds to me like jealousy. Well, he's
0: like, uh, we violate CBS copyright less than any other fan film. Paramount shouldn't have gone after us. Uh, Star Trek continues, and Star Trek New Voyages, which is another fan film, violate way more than we do. Clearly. Wait, I'm going to use this voice. They violate way more than we do. <laughs> we we don't Axanar doesn't call itself Star Trek anymore. Well, we just call it Axonar now. That does see that's less. It's not Star Trek Axonar. It's just Axonar, dude. I'm going to say this. I
1: all but guarantee you. That if this were to happen to Star Trek continues, Vic would not
0: have done the same thing he would
1: not have shit posted about Aonar <laughs> continuing on. He would have said this is really unfortunate. we appreciate everything Paramount allowed us to do with the time that we had. Yeah. We wish we could continue on, but the parent company, the title holder they don 't want us to keep doing it, so we can 't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Thank you for all of your support. If you like what I did here, please look forward to my other ventures.
0: Doing this, 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 and this. Other things that are not related to a copyrighted yeah. property, maybe.
1: He would have been grateful for the opportunity that he had, and he certainly wouldn't have shit posted and gone public with his frustration about it. Well another thing he Now mentioned, I now I don't want to, now if this accident or thing happens, I don't wanna see it. Right, exactly. Because, because like
0: the same amount of love is certainly not behind it, you know. Well, I,
1: I'm just turned off by the whole thing. Right. Normally I'm not the type of person that would say Well, if you're a person of bad character, then I'm not going to like anything you produce. I mean, if that was the case, (laughs) shit, you couldn't like anything, right? (laughs) Because there's assholes involved with everything you like, every video game you've ever played, every movie you've ever watched, every book you've ever read. Somebody Summer was a tremendous douche, yeah, and is a tremendous douche. And the speaking of
0: that, did you hear how David Hayter came out and said he was like pissed off at Hideo Kojima?
1: Yeah, I heard about it. I was like, and holy cow. The thing that upsets me about that is that I'm starting to wonder now what Kojima's problem was. Because Hater has always been very forthright in the public. He's always willing to talk about Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. He clearly loves the property. And to hear things like, they made me audition for the character for Metal Gear Solid
0: 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was going to replace him with. Who did he say? Oh, he wanted to do Kurt Russell, but Kurt Russell didn't want the job. Kurt Russell? That would have made me mad. I mean, I was already mad with the Kiefer Sutherland thing, but even before that, Cam Clark being replaced. Like in the Japanese Metal Gear Solid 4, oh, yeah. it was the uh, Liquid Snake voice actor doing the Ocelot voice, but then in the American, it was the Ocelot voice. And since I'm a big fan of Ken Clark, I would have preferred him do the voice. Not that the other guy's bad, but I just like, why is it this way in the Japanese? Why is it this way in the U.S.? The
1: consistency is what I would have liked. Yeah. And now I'm starting to wonder if some of the way in which Hideo Kojima was treated wasn't, not all of it, but some of it wasn't a result of his own hubris. I think the way Konami treated him was crap. Not because Kojima deserved better specifically, but because as a company, Konami should be willing to be more diplomatic and be more forthright or not forthright, but more upstanding than Mm. that as a corporation, they want to leave a good impression. So even if Kojima didn't deserve, it's kind of like this Axanar guy, like even if Kojima quote unquote deserved it, Take the higher ground. Mm-hmm. You don't want anyone pointing at you and saying you're the bad guy, too, at the end of it all. But Hater has always been willing to talk about it. Yeah. He's always been willing to be as frank as he possibly can about the subject. So I have to believe that there's a lot of truth to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. I have to believe that a lot of his frustration is um, is justified. Yeah. One guy that I heard, he criticized Hater. I'm not going to name the person that said it. Normally, I like his content, but I didn't like this particular statement. He said that Hideo Kojima owes you nothing. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't believe that's the case. No. I believe He made Hide- that character. I believe Hideo Kojima does owe him something. Yeah. And you know why? Because Hideo Kojima owes us something. Yeah. And here's the reason why I believe that. Art is culture. Everyone owns a piece of culture. I don't legally own it. But at the end of the day, I think any artist should feel some obligation to to their audience. That's at why least, we're
0: so pissed off about like Star Wars special editions. Well, yeah. We feel George like we Lucas, him, you know, and he doesn't.
1: Well, George Lucas feels no obligation to us at all. Yeah. And it's the same thing. You know, this is the same thing. It's like, no, you kind of do, you kind of are obligated to give us what we want to some degree. Yeah. We liked David Hayter as solid snake. Yeah. We what, liked him as was that the, character. The, have we ever found out the reason why? Before metal gear solid five, the phantom pain came out. I watched a lot of footage about the making of the game. And they never really specifically stated why they didn't want to use him. But the producer, Avi Arad, Mm -hmm. he's apparently friends with David Hader and Hideo Kojima. David Hader through the Hollywood connection. I'm not really sure what the Hideo Kojima connection is. But he said that Hideo Kojima went to him and said, uh, we're not going to use David Hader for the next one. Who would you recommend that I use? And... Avi Arad was the one who suggested Kiefer Sutherland. Avi Arad never named David Hayter, but he did say, you know, I had a friend who was involved with the production and I told him that they didn't, you know, he, he was informed that they didn't want to use him anymore. And I told him that uh, it's just the way that business works sometimes as they choose to go in a different direction. He didn't get into specifics. And in Hollywood, I can understand why you wouldn't it's get It's a shame into because
0: let's be honest here. Is the story really the main draw of Metal Gear? The most convoluted story you ever heard in your entire goddamn life? For me, Solid Snake is a big part of why I like Metal Gear so much. That's just my personal preference. Mm -hmm. Metal Gear Solid 4's ending was uh, 90 fucking minutes long. The story is good, but it's not the main draw for me. It's Solid Snake, and David Hayter plays that character. When you replace the voice actor, it's not the character anymore to me.
1: I think he's one of the few things about the game that is just like universally appreciated by almost everyone. I don't know what he did or what he didn't do that Kojima wanted done differently. I mean, here's my theory. My speculation is based on nothing other than just... Your speculation. Just information that I've absorbed through various channels over the years. In his head, he sees Solid Snake as being up there with the great Hollywood action stars like Rambo and whatnot. Yeah. And he wants somebody to portray the character that gives it the same cachet.
0: So the big budget version of Metal Gear, supposedly Metal Gear Solid Five, that was the new next gen, on par with a theatrical quality, let's get a movie quality Uh, actor. Yeah, I think that- Rather than the established voice actor that the fans like.
1: In his head, he wants Snake to be even more legendary. He wants Snake to be even more important.
0: But he already was. The one thing
1: that I think is both a blessing and a curse for any creator is when your desire to create the ultimate thing is insatiable. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing for a creator to have, but it can also get away with you. And if you look at the way that those Metal Gear games become more and more sprawling and less and less focused as time goes on... It's clear that his creative vision just gets away with him. It doesn't mean that the games are bad, but think about how languid parts of those games become. (laughs) I mean, think about how many times you have to backtrack in Metal Gear Solid 3 through those like jungle areas. I'm like, okay, this is fucking boring. Like Metal Gear Solid 1 was all killer, no filler. Like even the cutscenes weren't that out of hand in the first game and it's just like every area is very tightly constructed
0: you know when it started was uh metal gear solid 2 toward the end of metal gear solid 2 the codec conversations that's when it started to get like all right this
1: is snake eater is probably legitimately the best story out of all of them it's probably in my opinion it's the best story the snake eater and everything that came off of that like peace walker is also fucking phenomenal i would definitely say that it just It got away from him, and I think that that's why Kojima found himself holding the short straw with Konami is probably because his creative vision just became too much even for the company. Yeah,
0: I mean, make no mistake, they're corporate dickholes. Yeah,
1: Konami treated him like shit, and I wrote about that at Op Rainfall, but maybe he deserved some of
0: it. A little tiny bit, yeah. And for him to publicly acknowledge that, like, yeah, it was, you know, I have no love for him. I was like, holy Wow. <laughs> he must have been really pissed off for him. to. Get. He seems like a nice guy. You know?
1: Especially considering Kojima lobbied for Hater to prize the role for Twin Snakes in Japan. I didn't even think thing. about like, that. At one point, Kojima was like, it has to be this guy. Yeah. And we only want to do an English version.
0: Mm-hmm. What I totally happened, forgot about that. Didn't think of it. Yeah. What, what happened between then and now? Where you're what happened
1: like, where, like, you know, before Kojima was his champion, and then after that, it's like, nah, we got to get, get for Southern? He
0: just became like a Christopher Nolan. Or Zack Snyder. Just like, well, now I'm, I'm this guy.
1: Yeah, speaking of shit I don't want to talk about.
0: It <laughs> all boils down to douches in uh, Hollywood, which is how we got away from Star Trek. Axanar. Sorry, yeah. just Axanar, not Star Trek. Yeah, no, I said it wrong.
1: Too bad for Axanar. I legitimately feel bad for people that were put out of work because of it. I'm sure they put a lot of work into it. Ditch the entitlement, guys. It's ugly, and it doesn't do anybody good. It's divisive. Instead of shitting on Star Trek Continues, which is a legitimately great production, even if, even if you think yours is better, congratulate them on being able to continue doing it. Yeah. Have a little grace. you know. It sucks, but don't be a sore loser.
0: Yeah, he's like, it's probable that raising over a million dollars caught the attention of Paramount and CBS. Mm, yeah, probably. Star Trek Continues has raised $400,000 and you haven't said anything about that. Stop being a baby. But what is... What Star is, Trek Renegades has raised 800000 and they use characters from the original, too. This is not
1: helping his case. If I was a guy at Paramount that had decision-making power and I read this, I'd be like, oh, fuck this guy.
0: So now he's got a legal team, and they're trying to...
1: They're not going to do anything. They're not going to get they anywhere. They can't get anywhere. Paramount owns the IP. They can decide who gets to use it and who doesn't yeah, get to so
0: use it. So the legal team is just going to be like, well, they own it. Yeah. What do you want us to do?
1: Well, I think the legal team is the type of thing where it's like the guy is not going down without a fight and now he has to go through the gyrations. You yeah. know, you can't sue a company that owns the IP. They get to decide who can use it and who doesn't get to use it. Now, lawyers could establish a legal precedent for Paramount not having any leg to stand on, mm. like you know, no justification. But I find it hard to believe that Paramount or any company that holds any IP doesn't already know their shit and – can't stamp this out easily. Right.
0: So. So long, axonar. Too bad. Star Trek continues. Indiegogo. Gotta go there. All right, I'll go. I'll give them some money. Yeah. There's a tier that has, um, like, you can get a bunch of the episodes on Blu-ray. I think that'd be pretty cool. I think I'll do that. I don't know what it is. I have to look at it again. But, yeah, that's probably going to be the one. Tell me what you thought of the uh, Ghostbusters trailer. I didn't like it. Okay.
1: Not because it's an all-female cast. I don't care about that. Mm -hmm. I don't like it because it looks like a fan film.
0: Really? You thought that?
1: Their uniforms look stupid. It looks like
0: something I sewed in my basement. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, That's so funny you say that because I feel like just the opposite. No, I'm with you on the uniforms, but I feel the opposite as far as like the production value and stuff. Like I thought like – Their workshop with all the gadgets sitting around. I thought that was very Ghostbusters. I felt like the ghost effects were really good. Like these ghosts all look like they're cool ghost designs and they all look really cool. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying there were a few things that well, I thought. Okay, were cool yeah, in the this,
1: I think it was a bit heavy on the CGI, but well, know. compared to the
0: old, yeah, yeah. of course. It's but I, look I like guess that. my
1: real problem with this is it just their uniforms looked very. Yeah, the uniforms
0: rent. were the only thing I was like. I like their gadgets, like I like the backpacks yeah. and I like the weapons and the things, but the uniforms themselves, yeah. I'm I know right where you're coming from. I right.
1: didn't think the trailer was funny
0: at all. No, I watched the whole thing very like stone faced. The- I didn't
1: hate it. That's the problem. Is it left me completely empty? It left yeah. me completely bare. I had no reaction to it whatsoever. Yeah, I was very stoic. So tr- inf- like that- we
0: should do a reaction video for well, it, and just us sitting there, like. Uh. <laughs> what
1: what they say in wrestling? Okay, is that if you go out there and everyone cheers you, yeah. that's good. If you go out there and everyone boos you, that's also that's good. good. Yeah. If you go out there and you get a mixture of booze and cheers, that's good too. If you go out there and there's no reaction, that's the worst thing you want. Because that means the audience doesn't give a shit. Yeah, And that's how I felt about the Ghostbusters yeah. trailer. I just didn't give a shit. Um, and it had nothing to do with no Bill Murray. It wasn't anything no, to do with that. No. It wasn't anything to do with the being all women. No. It just had to do with the fact that it wasn't funny.
0: Here's the thing that I like makes me confused because I'm probably one of the last people that's our age that watches snl regularly like i watch it whenever it's on mm-hmm. still watching saturday night live you know
1: i read one criticism of it that said this looks like a parody of an SNL. this looks like a snl skit yeah
0: yeah and i can see that but i will tell you this that all four of those women have made me laugh they're all exceptionally funny there's um the big girl um melissa mccarthy well uh, well yeah. she's not on snl but she's hosted like four times know, leslie leslie jones yeah one of the funniest people in the cast right now She's so so funny. Yeah, she's on SNL. Yeah. She's not a background character. She's one of the fucking stars of that show right now. Same thing with Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon's is great. She's extremely funny. on it. One of yeah. the best people they have on there right now. What you know, I, she's in like the top four. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like them two and like Moynihan and and Taron Killam and um, Goodberger. What's his name? Um, I don't, I don't Keenan Thompson. Keenan okay. Thompson. Oh
1: god, he's always good. He's, man.
0: They're, yeah, like that's they're, they're, they're the core group that's like really funny. And then there's like lots of other people, and you know they're, they're funny, but they're not as. Funny. But they, all four and Kristen Wiig. I mean, that goes without saying. Right. She's one of the funniest people around there. You know, I hated all of the characters she played. Every single character she played on SNL, I hated them. But I can get past that and recognize how funny she is. I just didn't like any of her characters on SNL, but she's really. Fun. So all four of them. Are exceptionally funny. So when I watched the trailer, I was like, "Well, you can take these funny people, but then write subpar jokes for them, and it, you know, it didn't make me laugh." So I was like, "Ghost effects are cool. The gadgets are cool. The car, I'm fine with the car."
1: I, I also felt that another problem with the trailer was the way they were showing it to you. Like it was supposed to be some sort of like intense action film. Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, we're gonna come in and we're gonna play the Ghostbusters theme, but it's gonna be like a dramatic." Hollow-sounding piano theme. No, and, yeah, you know, no. we're gonna edit it. We're gonna cut it and edit it like it's an action. There's movie. a fan edit
0: already. You know that? Oh, is there really? Like somebody did a fan edit of the trailer and put the original theme song in it and recut it in a way that makes it look yeah. like kind of. And better. you know, I guess it
1: doesn't have to be quote unquote funny the whole way through. Right. None of the jokes in the trailer worked on me. When Kate McKinnon's standing there with the hair and the, the hat and the wig, I didn't laugh. No, I didn't. When I when uh, Leslie that. Jones is beating up Melissa McCarthy, wasn't funny. No. I was like the worst.
0: Now, is it out of context or is it just not funny? Like, well, I don't know what's going on here. So it's d- d- not funny. Either.
1: Even if it's out of context, this is your trailer. This is your world. Re- this is your world reveal of Ghostbusters. Yeah. This is what has been causing controversy. This is the movie that got made when Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd couldn't get a third Ghostbusters movie made. Right. For whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is what they chose to go with. Yeah if it doesn't come out and just blow your socks off there's a problem yeah and i i watched the international trailer mhm wasn't really any better
0: no didn't really it, expand anything i watched it too
1: you know it, it wasn't that good now that doesn't mean the movie's not going to be good
0: yeah i'm it, i'm really rooting for it i wanted to, i'm not one of those like haters It's like fuck girl ghostbusters i want you know. it to be good i want to, I, I like ghostbusters yeah. you know i mean no matter who's playing the people. Yes, of course I like the original people, but you know, one of them's not around anymore. The others are getting older, you know, let it move on to a new generation and let's see. I'd watch it, whatever. But if it's not good, it's not good.
1: I will say that, I felt as though the Sony marketing for the movie, all the production films. there's one production shot that I can't stand. It's a production shot of the four actresses holding up a big sign that says girl power. Okay. And there's all these women behind them holding up other signs that like, you know, pro women, pro women, mm-hmm. pro women. It's like, it's kind of like going to see a movie and there's a character in it that's gay. Mm-hmm. And before you know anything else about the character, they info dump and word vomit about how gay he is. I understand what you're trying to do here. Stop defending what people are criticizing about this movie. Yeah. Stop trying to ram it down my throat. Stop trying to tell me this is going to be better because it's a, because it's a female-empowered movie. Just make the fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Let me judge for myself. I don't need for you to push it on me as like a girl power. That's not a barrier for me. No. It's not a barrier for most people, I don't think. Now, that might be a logical fallacy. I might just be using my personal experiences, but... I've never heard anybody say, I don't want to see a movie with women in it. Never in my life. No. You know what? Only place I see that is the internet.
0: Yeah. Or like a joke. It, yeah. Like somebody's, somebody's like making a book women, movie, you know, like, It's like yeah. a
1: joke, you know, like you're being misogynistic intentionally to like show how absurd the whole thing is. But right, like, right, right. But that picture of them standing there with a the sign with girl power and all these other women behind them with signs. It's like, stop that. Yeah, yeah. Stop playing gender politics make a good movie sony your job is to entertain me not re-educate me make a movie make your fucking movie and if it's good i'll like it if i go in and i watch the movie and it's nothing but men being abused for two hours and women being smarter than everyone else and me being shamed for being a white dude yeah yeah yeah. like if it's two hours of that well then you can bet your ass i'm gonna say something about it but if it's just a movie that's not that good I won't have a reaction to it. Yeah. And if it's a movie that's great, I'll love it. Those things don't become agendas until somebody makes them an agenda, at least to me. yeah, It just bugs me. But it has nothing to do with what's in the movie or what's in right. the trailer. Itself. And I'm not bringing any of that baggage to this trailer. Yeah. The trailer just wasn't entertaining. Right, right, right. Neither exactly. trailer yeah. was entertaining Yeah, the,
0: the only bits I got out of it were like, I like all these women because they've made me laugh in the past a lot. And not just, oh, they're good comedians. No, they are exceptional you know I, I really like each one of them mm-hmm.
1: i believe you when you say that this is not lip service because you wouldn't do that yeah. you wouldn't be saying that
0: to protect us or this podcast if you're saying that it's face value yeah i because i know you don't do crap like that But yeah. it, they've all made me laugh i like the ghostbusters stuff the gadgets in the car that's one of the things I liked about I liked the sci-fi elements as well as the comedy mm. and the old Ghostbusters. I like the sci-fi elements. The, how does the proton pack work, and what the science behind catching a ghost and all that? So I like the gadgets. I like that sort of thing. The trailer had that stuff, but despite all that, I watched it very stone faced, like you said, just like it didn't do anything. He is Vigo. You are like the buzzing of flies to him. <laughs> you know they sell that uh, that painting. You can buy that painting. Okay, that's some funny shit. Just, wouldn't that be awesome? Just like you have a, you know, people who knew what it was would be like that's fucking awesome. You mm-hmm. got a fucking painting of Vigo the Carpathian on your wall, and people that didn't know, would people wonder, that didn't know, would be like, "What kind of what? What's that are, thing? Are you related to someone that's from hideous?" Europe. <laughs>
1: exactly. Apparently, they're doing a Fatal Fury fan film.
0: Oh, uh, we were talking about this uh, just before. Uh, embers, right. embers, yeah,
1: embers. Fatal Fury, yeah, yeah. There's... And we can't
0: figure out whether it's like some Tommy Wiseau shit or it's legit.
1: Well, I think that it's actually legit, and okay. I. But I think the problem is that the um, the guy that's directing it might not have the firmest grasp of the English language, yeah. because I watched the second trailer where it was like the girl playing Lily McGuire and the girl playing Mai Shiranui. They come on to talk about like why you should.
0: Doing, sec- doing, like, really weird... It's really weird en- dialogue. En- ...English yeah, it's, speak. It's English. It's, like, bizarre. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Is that a joke? Or are we about to see another The Room?
1: I hope that the movie turns out well. I hope that if the movie gets done and... Is this another somebody,
0: non-American who thinks they understand cinema but can barely grasp our language? I, I'm
1: the director it, it seems to me to be a Fatal Fury fan, but based on what I've seen... And I've heard him talking, the guy behind it, he doesn't really have a very firm grasp on the English language. He can speak it, and you could understand him conversationally, but this guy can't be allowed to write the script for an English-speaking Yeah, movie. I'm really worried he, about he, this. This is the thing. Neither one of the trailers has inspired much confidence. So far, the only positive thing I've heard about it mm-hmm. is that, oh, the guy that got to play Terry really looks
0: like him. And it's like, It doesn't matter. Can the guy act?
1: Well, yeah. Can he be... Another thing, too, is it's like he doesn't really have the physique for it from what I... All you really
0: have to do is just flip your hat off and say, okay. I mean, what else does that fucking character have going for him?
1: You kiss my ass in hell. (laughs) You and Howard Stern, can both kiss my ass in hell. Um, Okay! Well, this is the problem that... Fatal Fury and SNK fans have always had to deal with. They've always had to be like the. They've had to be the Chicago White Sox to the uh, to, to Street, the Capcom to the Capcom Chicago Cubs, yeah, yeah. right? They've always had to be like the angry little brother. I even know. when the games are better, even when they win a World Championship, like they're always. See, you know, but I've always film. been the
0: guy. I mean, even there was a time when I was into sports, and then after 1984 and 1989, I stopped being into sports. Yeah. If you know anything about the Cubs, you'll well, understand why. Right? Um, they can definitely break your spirit. Yeah. So so uh, I was not into sports anymore after that, but there was a time when I was, I was a Cubs fan being from Chicago and uh, I didn't hate socks or I didn't hate their fans. I wasn't one of those people like, and I'm the same way with Street Fighter and Fatal Fury. I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't hate on Fatal Fury. I like Fatal Fury. I like, you know, we watch the anime, you know, the first one that doesn't yeah. exist. The
1: first, uh, that doesn't exist. Yeah yeah I know I know it well.
0: I've yeah. never seen it. I've never seen it. Like it does. This is a joke that happened when uh we're not gonna we, tell them this joke, yeah, 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 we have to because we, to we started well, we started telling it. we can't just leave we've them done this
1: it. in the past though. we've been like, we're gonna tell this story, no. yeah,
0: no, this time we will because this is a funny story. Um, I gonna say
1: in this, what I don't get a say in this, yeah, well, then I don't wanna tell the story.
0: I'm gonna tell it anyway, Well, then I don't get a say. in you this. you gotta say, you said no, I'm doing it anyway, so <laughs> no, I don't I'm get sure. a say in this. <laughs> Fine, tell the
1: fucking story. <laughs> uh, all right, tell the so, fucking story, and then I, it's over between us. I, I forgot it. Vic can have you all to himself. I,
0: so, actually, you why don't you tell the story? You probably could tell it better than I could. Well, actually, how, how did it happen? All
1: right, so, all right, give me some reference here. Where did you we see had the image? We seen images? Fatal Fury Two. We had seen Fatal Fury Two, and there was actually in Fatal Fury We're talking 2, about the
0: anime now. The, We're not anime. talking about the game. We're talking about their their anime. Based on Fatal Fury. There was a, so, a, a first one, a second one. There the were TV exist. movies. So, right? there,
1: there, there were OVAs. Yeah. But I don't know if they aired on TV first or they were released to video cassette in a format where it's like they would quote unquote go to commercial
0: yeah. Yeah. and come
1: back. See, because OVAs were produced like that. Just.
0: Yeah. Okay. They
1: were produced as though they were going to be on TV, but they weren't actually on TV or maybe they were maybe they were TV specials. I don't know. Yeah, I'm a big fan of SNK. I don't feel my life is enriched knowing whether or not the Fatal Fury specials aired on TV first or released on a home video format first. Like it's not like I feel so much more prideful because I know this about SNK. Yeah. But um You should though. Can I tell the fucking story? All right. Go ahead. All right. So, in Fatal Fury 2, there's a scene where Terry Bogard is sitting at a fireplace mm-hmm. and he's speaking to the spirit of tung fu Ru. Yes. Okay. And then a woman comes in mm-hmm. that neither one of us recognizes. Yes. Her name's Lily. Mm-hmm. And apparently Terry and Lily had a thing. Yes. So tung fu Ru is dead because he's talking to a spirit. Yeah. You have to presume that Lily's dead as well. Right.
0: That was the only context we had. That was the only context. the scene.
1: But somehow – we saw pictures somewhere of Andy Bogart. It was with- at
0: the Japanese mall, was it? Yeah, there was an art book at the Japanese mall. We're paging through the art book. Art book. I bought the art book. Yeah, yeah, and it, and was it a- had like character designs for from the first movie. Now, when we saw Fatal Fury Two, we didn't know that there was a first one. Right. I presume there just wasn't. It's just called Fatal Fury Two because that's what the game's called. Yeah. Not that there was a first anime. It's just called Fatal Fury 2 because it's based on the Fatal Fury, on 2, the video Fatal Fury game. 2 video game. So yeah. we just assumed it so was an adaptation. Know. So Fatal I had Fury seen 2. this art book prior to all of this. Yeah. And I said, well, what about the first one? And you, you, know, said, you said, there is no first one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, there is. And you're like, no. So we had this argument for like five they- minutes and we went to the Japanese mall. Because you wouldn't believe me, that's what happened, right?
1: I think I had seen the book at the same time as you, or had you seen it first? I think
0: I, I want to say I saw it first. That's how it all this all came to pass. Because for some reason, I had seen this book and you hadn't. That had all of these production artwork and right. characters. And designs that's, when from the first saw, anime. that's when I saw. That's when I saw. And there was of, a picture of Lily. Well, and there was a picture of Tung Fu alive.
1: Yeah, and Andy with silver hair. Yeah, because in the first anime, he has silver hair. He doesn't right. have. He's like a platinum blonde. He's yeah, not yeah, yeah, like yeah. straight blonde
0: like he is in the yep. games. So I saw all these images and I was like, there's a first one. And you're like, no, dude, there's only this one. And I'm like, no, man, I'm telling you. So we, well, and, we and had to drive to the fucking 45 minutes of the But Japanese even Mall. when we
1: drove there, I still said there wasn't a first one. And the reason for it was because I was the anime guy. Yeah, I was yeah. the guy that was going to the meetings every month. Yeah. I was the guy that was getting all the tapes. Nobody had ever talked about a first one. People had given me a copy of the second one. Right. And it's like they never talked about it. If there was a first
0: one, you would have had it.
1: That was the thing. Like
0: if there's a first Fatal Fury anime, somebody would have mentioned it. Somebody would have talked about it. Nobody ever did. And my counter to that was I don't care about all of that. I saw this book. We're going to fucking drive there. Fine. Let's fucking drive there. So
1: what ended up happening? How did I actually... I did find out that there was a first one, but how did I get it? Because I I was the one who got it. That's
0: why I figured you'd be able to tell the story. But if you don't remember either... No, uh, well, I
1: I remember us arguing about it, but I don't remember how I actually got...
0: But the whole point of it is, to this day, anytime the Fatal Fury anime comes up... In the discussion... It's always the first one, which doesn't exist. Which doesn't
1: exist. (laughs) Exactly. So... That's the whole thing, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember how I. I don't recall the
0: specifics except. I don't know.
1: Maybe I went to like a comic con and somebody was selling it. Yeah. Or maybe I just waited for the visit. Nah, we. I thought you drove
0: to Japan and got a legit copy. You know, actually, no,
1: I remember now exactly what happened. Yeah. One of my trips to Japan on my own because you didn't always go with me. Right, right, right. I drove to Japan on my own. Went there and I asked Mr. SNK Mm -hmm. and Masami Obari, who they hired to direct. The That's Fatal right. Fury anime, as I said, yeah. Mr. masami Obari, Mr. SNK Son, is there a first Fatal Fury anime? And they were like, "Oh, Tom Son, yes, there is." And here Hi. we we shall give it to you. Hi, and we shall give it to you, and it shall be subtitled mm. for your That's a nice benefit. One. Yeah, they, they they subtitled it just to do. Well, it they for were you? speaking English to me, just like I was talking to you. Yeah, yeah. And then they sent me on my way. They it wasn't my...
0: like racist bad English. No, they were speaking really Perfect good English. English. Perfect English okay. to me.
1: Except with Japanese inflection. But they filled my car with gas and they sent
0: me back home. Wow. <laughs> That's Pretty impressive. That's cool. I never knew that part of the story. I'm glad you told it. They
1: wanted to give me a, a Terry Bogart hat and I said, no, no, Terry needs that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is so derailed. So the Fatal Fury short film, we're yes. not sure what to make of it.
1: My, and the reason I was bringing up the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox is because SNK has always been like in the fight scene perception. They've always been like, you know, the, the angry little brother. Yeah. Even though they're just as good. are right. But they've had to fight for it. Any fighting game series has to fight the legitimacy unless it's Mortal Kombat, which really made its name on the violence of the fatalities. Yeah. yeah. After the violence of the fatalities of the first game, which is what drew Chen into it, you play the second game. The second game is a good fighter. Yeah. There've been some good fighters in Mortal Kombat since then, but it initially Made its reputation on the fatalities, yeah. but that got people in, and it def- it has its own identity. Whereas Fatal Fury, even King of Fighters, even though King of Fighters is more popular internationally than Street Fighter, I believe at least in the fight scenes, Street Fighter has that perception. It's it's you know it's the brand. Yeah. But there have been a lot of great games in the Fatal Fury series, There's a lot of great games in the King of Fighters series. Sam, Sh- Nobody's going to doubt the excellence of Samurai Shodown 2. SNK has made its great fighters. But the reason why I'm a little worried about this is not necessarily because it's going to be a bad production, this Embers thing, although it is. The reason why I'm bothered by it is because um, SNK is coming out as King of Fighters
0: 14 this year. Mm. There's some stuff going on. There's some stuff going get on. Tarnished.
1: SNK properties have been languishing in mobile and pachinko parlors for a long time. Like this thing with Konami has got people pissed off with over Metal Gear and Kojima and all that. I've been dealing with this with SNK since before Street Fighter. But they're 4. going
0: down, like doing a reverse Konami now.
1: Well, yeah, they're coming back because now, like, Japan wants to regulate the pachinko thing, and they're not going to see it as profitable. So yeah. they're like, fuck it. We're going to go back to video games. Oh, Which,
0: I didn't realize that was the reason why. I yeah, thought it was, well, like, a actual noble reason.
1: Well, I mean, the company wants to stay afloat, but here's the thing. They've been doing mobile for a while now. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what's happening in Japan is um, there are a lot of companies that want to legalize gambling Mm -hmm. because pachinko is very much in that gray area of gambling. Because when you're doing pachinko, there's a way that it it like launders the money. I'm not really quite sure how it works, but if Japan legalizes the gambling aspect of it and they regulate it, then what ends up happening is they start getting a cut.
0: Yeah, yeah. and then
1: And that becomes less profitable for companies to do it. But big companies like Konami can still make a shit ton of money. Because Konami's doing a lot of stuff. They're they're not just making video games. They're not even making video games anymore. They're involved in a lot of different ventures. So they are going to make a lot of money off of this. But there are a lot of companies that have been relegating their properties to Pachinko are not going to be making that money anymore. So that's the reason why they're coming back to video games. So they're going back to video games. And all of a sudden, all the old developers from SNK are like, They're doing what we want to do again, and they're the ones that go back because now the company is working on things that they want to work on. That's cool. So that's the noble side of it. SNK can make a profitable King of Fighters game if they budget it properly and they make the gameplay good. Apparently, there's a Chinese investor that's helping to back the funding. They They might even own a stake in SNK. Oh, wow. Apparently, the new main team is going to be a new Chinese hero team. Okay, so that's
0: just what I'm hearing. Hmm. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah, I yeah, I don't really see how a shitty fan film is going to tarnish that in any way. It's is not, that just in your mind? It,
1: though it's not going to tarnish it. It's not going to affect the game. The thing is like I just want Fatal Fury cuz Terry's one of my favorite video game characters. Yeah, I mean we've
0: got done. Street Fighter Assassin's Fist. Well, could, Wouldn't why, it be cool, yeah, if, we it be cool if we had a Fatal Fury version of that? Like yeah.
1: you know, not like this embers Tommy Wiseau thing. I just don't want it to be where the director's like, Terry has I know to, best. Terry has to show his ass or this won't sell. <laughs> oh, God. Terry Terry in the end of the movie, Terry's a vampire and he flies away in his car. Like I don't all the things about the room. Like if you research the room, all the crazy shit Tommy Wiseau said making that movie, oh, you God. know what I'm referencing, I know, right? Like I know. He said
0: that I, I have know. to show my ass or this movie won't sell. I know. I'm laughing at the absurdity of it.
1: I don't want that just because I feel like SNK is, they've always been that survivor. They've always been that company that just, no matter how bad it got, they made good games. You know, for a while there, they were riding high when the Fatal Fury animes came out. Terry Bogard is one of the very few fighting game characters to appear on the cover of New Type magazine. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal deal. for a non robot character (laughs) (laughs) or non non sci fi character to be on the cover of an issue of new type. Mm-hmm. I've got that issue somewhere. I've got it in storage and it's my pride of my Yeah, you gotta collection. be a Gundam usually. Yeah, Gundam or Evangelion or yeah. Evangelion, sorry. Or five star or something like that. Yeah. In order to like or whatever the new Mecca show is. Right, right, right. But like for Terry Bogar to show up on the cover?
0: It's like the being only... on the cover of Time. Right.
1: For for, for anime. For SNK, yeah. The only thing that would be better than that is if there was an issue of New Type where Guts was on the cover from Berserk. Mm. For me, like that would be the, the yeah. thing that like an okay. I, their price is no option, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> I was buying New Type as it was coming out, so it was only costing me like eight bucks.
0: But to get back issues or anything, yeah, like.
1: But if I found out Guts was on an issue of on the cover of an issue of New Type, I would be really excited about yeah, yeah. that. But. That's the thing. I just want it to be good, you know, because I've been
0: loyal for so long to give me, SMK. Something. Give me where's my reward?
1: If you really care about this. You took three hundred dollars a
0: pop for every cartridge. I it, want my good Fatal yeah. Fury live action movie. Right.
1: I just I just want it to be good. I mean the King of Fighters movie sucks. Although it
0: has nothing to do with SNK. No, just...
1: it doesn't, but like I just want it to be yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you I get know. It. Like I get Street Fighter it. Assassin's Fist turned out better than anyone could have expected mm-hmm. or hoped for. I just want SNK to be well. But I really want us for SNK to be doing so good that Capcom and SNK make that third game. Man, that'd be cool. That
0: would be awesome. I'd be on board with I, I I that. I broke out
1: Capcom versus SNK 2 a couple weeks ago and I was playing it. Yeah. I remember, man, how much fun it is. It's a lot,
0: yeah. Man, we played that What a lot. great
1: game it is. I still can't stand the the disparity in the sprites. Yeah. I hate how bad the Capcom sprites look in a lot of cases, but, you know, the gameplay itself is a lot of fun. And you know what? Honestly, I don't like the 3D backgrounds in that game. No. The f- backgrounds in the first one I thought were a lot better.
0: They're going to have 3D backgrounds like um, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 kind of showed yeah. that, you know, if you make well, the characters 3D and the backgrounds 3D, I, I know they didn't have the technology at the time, more,
1: but. I want more fan service backgrounds. Like Capcom vs. SNK, the first one. There's a pow pow cafe stage. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That is cool. You can't just throw some characters in the background and say, "Hey, look, it's a it's a fan service thing." And there's, yeah. it's there's a bunch sh- of, uh, there's but- Shang Fei from from Real Bout. You know, the, there's re- a bunch of
0: rally cars driving in the sand dunes. Yeah, and there's Falcon from. What character from, sitting on the? Yeah, length. there's
1: Falcon from Power Stone. Yeah. Hey, look, it's fan servicey. Where the fuck are these dunes? Yeah. You're know, like the first Capcom says, "Okay, one of the stages was the gate outside the palace where Ryu fights. Right up on the roof. Right. You recognize." that shit mm-hmm. and I want more of that yeah. you know I just but you're not going to get it from
0: this fan film
1: no you're not you're going to get oh hi Joe <laughs> oh hi Andy oh never mind about that Terry how oh is hi your, my how was your sex life <laughs> did you ever hear the fan theory about uh, the room with uh, oh, the drug dealer Chris R yeah, yeah like how they take him away yeah and then they show back up on the roof a few seconds later right And the reason why is because some people theorize they just dragged him in the basement and killed
0: him. That fan theory can be really picked apart. Like, there are a number of things. There are a number of levels of weirdness to it. The first level is, why are you making fan theories about the room? Uh, The second layer (laughs) is... Because people need this shit explained. The second layer is, like, it's going to get into, like, Inception-type shit, multiple layers of weirdness. But the first layer, why are you making this fan theory? The second one would be, I could totally see it happening in this movie just because it's so goddamn insane already. <laughs> yeah. Of course they took him down there and killed him. In, in this movie, that's just what happens.
1: Uh, yeah, apparently the gun at the end of the movie that he shoots himself with... Yeah.
0: Spoilers. Nope. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever,
1: it's the fucking room. <laughs>
0: We don't sound the spoiler alert for shitty movies.
1: But the gun was supposed to be the drug
0: dealer's gun. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. There was a filming error, and they just ended up going with what they A filming
0: error in the room? Yeah. Fuck off. That movie's perfect. (laughs) Think about this.
1: The fan theory of them dragging him in the basement and killing him. Yeah. What if that was originally? Who's they?
0: Um, Johnny and... Johnny and his pal. And, um, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Whatever. Mark? Mark. Johnny and Mark dragged... Chris R. Chris in the R. basement
1: and killed him? Yeah. And this, they just come right back upstairs. But here's the thing. What if, that's, what if that was originally supposed to happen in the original script when Johnny was a vampire? Make total sense. Yeah. Kill a drug dealer. No one will miss him. And he suck gets his to blood. Feed, yeah. Suck his blood.
0: Yeah. So it's a, it's a, a leftover yeah. from the first draft, you're saying. but It's possible. It's a good know. theory. Now, we're making fucking theories about the room. <laughs> We've descended into madness.
1: So Fatal Fury Embers, please, I don't want to be some Tommy Wiseau yeah, shit.
0: I, we can't say you should check it out like we did with the previous we, things we talked about. We have about.
1: to wait to see more. Actually, yeah. check out what's there Yeah. so you can be weirdly entertained by the two yeah, hot Fatal Chicks. Fury
0: Embers on uh, YouTube, right? Yeah. That's what you searched? Yeah. It's we're...
1: also being kickstarted, but I don't know if the crowdsourcing is done for it. I mm. didn't contribute to it, but that's because when I saw the first video, I was like, eh. Kind of like Retro VGS. Yeah, I like, don't know. I, I don't like know, As man. much as I love this, I don't know if I want to contribute right. to it. There's an anime okay. I've been watching, which is surprising because I'm not really a fan of the yeah, film. I was going to
0: say, yeah, right. there's no I good mean, anime now. What are you talking about? But this one is good. Except for Dragon Ball Super. And right. maybe what you're about to talk about. Right. Okay. Actually, there's
1: a couple I'm watching, but I'm only going to plug one right now. Okay. There is a new anime that is based on a manga by... Uh, Mangaka, which is Japanese for like you know the writer artist, like Rumiko Takahashi is a mangaka. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, her name is Hiromu Arakawa. Mm-hmm. Fans of anime might recognize her as the creator of Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, okay. She is doing an adaptation of a Japanese. It's a pseudo historical fiction series that might have some fantasy elements. Okay. So it takes place in a world that's not Earth, but. It's really portrayed as though it's historical fiction. So, like, you know, there's lots of politics and lots of war and lots of intrigues. It's called uh, Arslan Senki or Heroic Legend of Arslan. Okay. A number of years ago, there was an anime adaptation of this novel series. It's originally a novel series. There was an anime adaptation of it, but it only covered, like, I don't even know if it was the
0: first book or what. It was only, like, a first part of it. Okay. But this so, this et- is an all encompassing the whole series? Well, the
1: first season doesn't cover everything, but she's doing a manga of it. Okay. So, Animation Studios decided to take the manga and turn it into an anime. Okay. Which is how a lot of That's, anime yeah. gets made. Yeah. Not all, but a lot of it gets made that yeah. way. And, of course, all the artwork is inspired from her. Original work. So it just like Full Metal Alchemist, it looks like her original work. And uh, it's sort of a pseudo parallel storytelling to the Crusades. Okay. So you've got a, um, you've got sort of a Middle Eastern nation and they're thriving. And you've got these people coming from the West, which is sort of like a pseudo European nation. Yeah. And they're calling everyone heathens and wanting to kill them and stuff like that. And, uh, Arslan is the main character and he is the son of the king of the Middle Eastern nation. Okay. It's about him learning how to be a leader and it's about him coming to understand who his enemy is. It's about him coming to sympathize with the enemy, not necessarily to betray his kingdom, but to kind of see the humanize the other enemy, to learn about them and maybe truly start to bridge the gap between these two sides. That have just an irreconcilable difference. See, like the Middle Eastern side, I don't know the name of the kingdoms. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Okay? But the Middle Eastern – I'm just going to call them the Middle Eastern faction. Yeah, even yeah. though it's yeah. not Middle East, it's a fictional setting. But yeah. it, it bears a lot of similarities to it. Yeah. They are very prosperous. The people are very happy. But they have slaves. And the slaves are all captured soldiers from the other side. Hmm. For the most part, they're treated well. It's when they can't do the work or they're belligerent that, as you'd expect, they'd get beaten and maybe killed because right. they're slaves. Right. Arslan doesn't make a big deal out of it. To his mind, he looks at the slaves and he's like, "If you just do your job, you'll be treated well." And they are the ones that do their job and are subservient are treated well.
0: Yeah, but they're still slaves.
1: They're still slaves. Yeah. He doesn't understand that that's not a desirable position to be <laughs> right. in because you're not a free person.
0: Yeah,
1: it's mostly a good kingdom, but it has kind of an ugly side to it. Yeah. Well, the invading Western faction, the Crusader side, we'll yeah. call them. When Arslan gets taken hostage by one of them, what ends up happening is a bunch of prisoners get brought into the city and one of them is a boy. And Arslan's intrigued by this. Hmm. So what ends up happening is some shenanigans ensue, this boy prisoner escapes, and he takes Arslan hostage. Okay. And as they're running from everyone, they're running because all the soldiers are like, got to save the prince, got to right. save the prince, right? right? So as they're running from everyone at one point, they managed to get away from everyone and they're just exhausted from the running. And Arslan's is kind of one of those like – he's kind of one of those peaceful guys. He's like – he's not cursing the dude. He's not trying to escape from him. He's like, I'm just going to travel with this guy because I want to learn more about him. You know? I'm just going to go with him. So he asks the kid. He's like, you know, why don't you just submit and become a slave? You'll have a good life. What the kid says, let me tell you what I believe. And they're watching as another slave is being beaten mm-hmm. uh, like across the street or whatever. Yeah. What I believe is that you people are heathens. What I believe is that our God believes that every person is equal. There are no slaves. We're all the same. The only way that everyone in this world is going to be equal is if we convert everyone to our way of being. You're all heathens and you take slaves and that makes you bad people. Yeah. Well, that's a rather militant viewpoint to take. It's kind of a harsh way to look at it. You know, We're going to convert you or you're going to die. Hmm. But – the initial point of the message is that we believe all people are equal. Yeah. So Arslan right there is realizing, wow, both sides have got good points, but they've also got ugly aspects to them. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening is the kid gets away. Three years pass. Arslan goes into his first battle. And that's where the story really begins. And I don't want to spoil anything beyond that. Okay. But
0: the whole setup. <laughs> it's funny how i actually like into it. Like, tell me the rest. The story doesn't pull any punches.
1: Yeah. There are no stupid Moe blob characters in there. There isn't, like, you know, the Anui-laced girl that's got a crush on Arslan. There isn't, like, the Sundede character that's, like, really hardcore and militant, but whenever Arslan shows up, she, like, she gets weak in the knees. Like,
0: it doesn't There's have no any, tropes. It's the, just a story. It's just a story. Straightforward storytelling. Right. Yeah, yeah. And
1: it's got great characters. It's got great music. It's got great animation. It's got a really good story. It's a hard-hitting story. It doesn't pull its punches. It doesn't take any prisoners. When people are getting... Killed, killed, there's blood everywhere. It's like you're
0: it has a complicated name, so I'm going to ask you to repeat it.
1: Uh, it's Arslan Senki, or Arslan Warriors of Legend. Okay. And there's a PS4 video game out for it that's done by Omega Force and oh, wow. uh, Koi Tecmo. <laughs> and it plays a lot like a Dynasty Warriors game. I was going to say, is it a Dynasty Warriors But there are some differences to the mechanics. It's not a pure Dynasty Warriors game. Okay. It actually plays different. And it's not Dynasty Warriors Arslan, like you know Dynasty Warriors Gundam or Dynasty Warriors.
0: But it's made by those guys. It's made so by it those have guys. similarities. Yeah, yes. I can see that. And it
1: looks like it, and it's cell shaded Oh, cool. So it looks like anime. Yeah, that's nice. And uh, it's, it's really, really neat. It's a really good game. I'm really surprised by the maturity and the nuance and the context of the story. It's an anime that's provocative and it's an anime that is deep. It's a story about something. Mm-hmm. I don't see it as being a very marketable show. You know, you can't really market a This That's kind of what makes
0: it good though. I mean that's what But that's, that's an element that makes it appealing to guys like you and me. I think yeah, you know? like, it's, it's not a, marketable, so it's like
1: it's a show. It's not, that's well,
0: there's actually some really like real stuff in it. It's not just, you know, main
1: character shows up for his first day of school, accidentally sees the heroine naked. Yeah. They argue, they get in a duel, he beats her, and then she starts to realize she has a crush on him. And then all these other girls start showing up. And they all have crushes on him. And they fight over him. And then there's going to be a tournament.
0: Have you I, watched a lot of anime? or
1: Anime produced in the last 10 years? I've watched one. And as far as I'm concerned, that's fucking 90% of them. <laughs> well, that's because they're adopting light novels now. Which light novels are sort of the Japanese equivalent of a young adult. Yeah, yeah. Think about light novels as the Japanese version of that. Oh, it's boy. connecting with... A certain audience, and that certain audience has a voracious appetite for yeah. that type of material. We are so, so
0: out of the demographics now, man.
1: I remember when it used to be about ideas. Well, You know what? It's
0: funny, though. I, I guess I should correct myself. We're not out of the demographic. The demographic has changed.
1: No, it, it, the demographic has changed. And um, I, I think that – and I've just repeated what you said, and I do that a lot. But
0: it, it's – That's because ch- what I say is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty it And awesome. bears repeating. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Just like uh, uh, you saying that uh, – your wife saying that you have a man crush on Vic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That bears repeating it Bears repeating too. many times. <laughs> I think the industry has gotten worse Yeah. in my opinion. Shows like Attack on Titan used to be a run-of-the-mill show. Yeah. Now a show like Attack on Titan comes out and because there's people getting eaten – everybody loses their shit. Oh, look at all these characters are dying. That's because you're used to watching shows where there are no consequences. Because if there are consequences in your show, it's going to make you feel bad. And if it makes you feel bad, you're not going to watch it. Or, you know, you might might read a blog and be like, I don't want to finish reading this blog because it's going to change my perception of something. An anime where there are no consequences and where everybody comes out okay at the end, it's patronizing.
0: Think about the first... Anime we watched, like Robotech. Mm -hmm. Major consequences all the time.
1: Macross is the first exposure I have to serious anime as a storytelling form.
0: People dying in animation. It's the first time you ever saw that.
1: Well, with Macross, here was the thing. In the first episode, you get three minutes explaining how the world is very shitty now, mm-hmm. but that all changed when the macro, when the SDF one arrived. Mm-hmm. there were catastrophes, there were natural disasters, a bunch of people fucking died, and everyone stopped and they were like, "We're not alone in the universe right we got to investigate this new technology. This thing coming changed everyone forever, yeah, yeah. the first episode. We're going to be launching this ship today and we're going to go into space and we're going to find out who sent this ship to us and we're going to meet them and we're going to, you know, we're going to greet them and we're going to return this to them and we're going to open our arms to them in peace. And then you got Rick Hunter. He shows up and he meets his big brother, Roy, you know, like his spiritual big brother who left the circus to go off and join the Robotech Defense Force because he wanted to be on the cutting edge of what was happening with the future. Right. Well, I think Roy actually left to become a fighter pilot before he was a fighter pilot before the SDF one crashed on the planet. Yeah. Think about the context just of that. You've got a world war, a ship arriving, changing humanity forever. Humanity improves as a result of the technology that they've learned from this vessel. You've got Rick and Roy who were separated because Roy made a conscious decision to go and fight in a war and they're getting back together. You've got the politics of the guy saying this ship needs to fly today, and Captain Global is like, "Well, we'll do the best we can," you know. Yeah, yeah. And you've got Claudia and Lisa on the bridge, and I think they're they're talking about stuff. And right there, you've got a context for a couple of friends. Yeah. You know, you've got political context. You've got Rick and Roy having a spiritual brotherhood. There is a very deliberate pacing to this
0: show. Before this- any. Enemies are introduced. Yeah,
1: before any action. Before anything has occurred, happens, they're telling you what kind of story this is going to be. They're they're making you care about the relationships and the characters.
0: In a way, it's like the beginning of any like any disaster film. Yeah, we're going to introduce you to here's all the people that are going to be affected yeah. by this. And
1: th- that when I was thinking about, it, I was like, you know, this is a setup for a horror movie. Yeah. They're introducing me to these characters because they want me to worry about them. Yeah. And then when the Zentrani- I like
0: all these people, so they're probably all going to die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, then the Zentrati attack. And then you start seeing innocents getting killed, and you start seeing buildings blowing up. And Rick is like, I've got to do something. So he jumps in a fighter jet, Mm -hmm. and he starts fighting with everyone, but he gets shot down pretty quick. He crash lands in the city. Which he does a lot throughout the course. (laughs) But at least he has this magic bicycle. (laughs) That's
0: right. Yes, Rick only a dream.
1: Uh, (laughs) That's one of our famous Robotech stories. We might tell you that story soon. But uh, he crash lands in the city. And it transforms into a robot. Actually, he's told to push the B button or yeah, the, yeah. G button. the G button. He's told to push the G button, but he pulls the B lever instead. Right, right. And it transforms into a giant robot. Now, we knew it was going to be a giant robot because we know what the show's about.
0: Yeah. The show if you watch the opening credits of the show, they're showing the giant right. robots. You already know. But when it happens with the
1: awesome when it happens, like Rick is completely shocked. Actually, he doesn't even know. Yeah. But as an audience member, you're like, whoa, it transformed into a giant robot. And it's like all of a sudden the context for the war is completely different now. Yeah. Because eventually you come to learn that the reason that they develop giant robots is to fight the Zentradi. Who are giants themselves. Who are giants. Because you don't know that they're giants until Rick shoots down the battle pod and then the one climbs the out. The guy gets out. And, and he's like, just Whoa. as big. Yep. And because when they show the Zentradi in the first episode, it's just Breta and Exeter on the bridge.
0: So you don't know. There's you don't no know that they're context, giants. Right.
1: So like all of a sudden you get all this extra context for what's happening. I believe the first episode ends with or the Battleoid standing up and looks up to the sky and it sees the fighting going on in the sky and the explosions and stuff. And then it just fades out to credits. Yes. That's a great ending because now Rick's world has just gotten a whole lot more complicated. Yeah. The first four episodes is nothing but the SDF-1 being attacked, the setup trying to take off, which, of course, there's a disaster there, mm. using the fold engines. Yeah. Something fucking terrible happens. And... Rick and Minmay get isolated from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of it, Rick and Minmay get rescued. And then they find out they're inside the ship. And the city has been slowly transported inside the ship. You it's know. nuts, man. There's but so th- much going th- on. It takes four episodes to set up the premise of the show. Yeah. And it's all character stuff, too. Yeah. There's this great context for it. And there are consequences. And people are getting killed. And it feels real, and it feels grim, and it feels intense, and you worry about everyone.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just remember watching, it was like, the very first time I watched it, and just being on the edge of my fucking mm-hmm. seat. Like, who's he going to end up with? Right. Well, that's, you know.
1: <laughs> that's another interesting thing about it is, the, is the, the you know, the Rick,
0: Lisa, Minmay triangle. The love triangle it's that, that they very... managed to cram in. Despite all this other nonsense well, already going on. It's girls, not a throwaway either. Well, so. it's not a
1: throwaway. It's like it's not just like these two girls like Rick. He likes Le- he likes Minmay. Lisa comes to like Rick. Minmay likes Rick, but she is so She's young and with impressionable. Her career. her career just overtakes it. Yeah. She's, she starts to kind of take him for granted. Well, I think she sees the- But well, she has
0: thing. that incestuous relationship with her cousin. With,
1: with Lynn Kyle, yeah.
0: <laughs> You're only
1: about death and devastation. <laughs>
0: That has a lot of great quotes from that show,
1: Min May, the thing is she has a crush on Rick, yeah, yeah until she comes to realize that she truly does care for him, which is much later on yeah. in the show, but, but then it's almost too late,
0: but then yeah, he's already you know she's well, she's losing him to Lisa and yeah but
1: but what's great about that is that Rick still falls back into Min May's arms, yeah, he still goes back to her because you know it's like it's that first crush, you don't get over it until you grow up, yeah. And Rick, for everything that he does in the course of the Macross saga, he doesn't grow up until near the very end. Yeah. You figure that after the Zentradi destroy – like, they, like they, they, they do what they do to Earth. They don't completely destroy it because people, they go down and live on it later. But yeah. they like do the Scorcher thing. Yeah. Like when, he, when he's with Lisa, when he goes down to rescue Lisa, you're like, okay, he's going to be with Lisa. But then you know, a couple of years pass. He sees Minmay for the first time. You know, If you're a guy and you're in a relationship that never really conclusively ended – and you see that girl for the first time in years, yeah. it's hard to just be like, uh, eh, you know, I'm with her now. Yeah. It's hard to do. Mm-hmm. The show doesn't shy away from that. Yeah, they
0: capture it. They capture well. it perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: By the time it gets to that point, you know so much about these characters and you see so much of their struggle, it's uniquely written and it's written in a very interesting fashion. Yeah. They may do all the same they kept shit. It can be
0: interested. I mean, despite the fact that it's like the animation is, you know, it's TV animation. It's not the best animation, and the dubbing is not the best, but. Although I would argue it that. It still kept me, you know, I would argue at the that edge the, of my seat the whole time.
1: Yeah, I would argue that the animation, it, it may not be, like, technically as proficient to say something like the Tim version. That's or what whatever, I mean to say. Yeah. But it's still really. It's not cool. bad. It's still, I, I, I like it just fine. It's anime. Right, right, you right, know? right, right. right. Show me what I'm
0: talking about is you compare the original Robotech to, like, Robotech of the Shadow Chronicles. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, well, obviously, you know. I'm talking about that level. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's, you know. Right.
1: It is TV animation. Yeah.
0: That's what I mean to say. I don't mean to say that it's, like, you know, eh, fucking shitty animation, but I still liked it. No, I like, you know, it's still anime.
1: Yeah, still
0: better than a lot of stuff you saw out here these days. Those You know, during that time, what did we have? You know, like the Smurfs and all that Hanna-Barbera garbage, you know. And then you see this, and you're like, oh, my God.
1: It does a really good job of making me care about everything because it takes the time to tell that story. It's not concerned with jamming in as many stupid tropes as it possibly can.
0: We're just telling a story.
1: Yeah, we're telling a story. And, you know, there are some things in there that, you know, people might not get. Might not be marketable. But I'll tell you what, it's a hell of a lot more worth my time, especially now as I'm getting older and I have less time for shitty things. (laughs) Then yet another show about high school characters who know martial arts and all fight with crazy weapons, but still all wear their school uniforms, because if you're going to sell action figures, you got to put them in their school uniforms. And a bunch of girls that all have a crush on the main character. Once you start introducing those harem elements... It's kinda of like what you told me, like, you know, if you tell somebody that before they go into something that they're spoilers, you're not gonna watch it. Mm. The second I see harem elements now, I'm tuning out. It's
0: basically a spoiler yeah. already. Right. A, I already know where this is going,
1: man. Because now what you're doing is it's storytelling by formula. Yeah. I don't feel any passion from the production. Yeah. To me it's just like, like we
0: watched Round Mo One Half. We were huge fans of Round One Half. Which but that's has, done as a joke. Well, there are it's that element, but it's done in a parody. Silly. But the
1: thing is there's also I get the thing of the pacing about Ranma is a lot different too. Yeah. But also there's an extra added twist. Ranma is not unflappable. Yeah. He has a vulnerability. Yeah. He turns into a girl.
0: Yeah.
1: And then there's that extra twist that like the girls all want to be with Ranma, but when he turns into a girl, they all hate him. Right. <laughs> Akane is the only one that knows yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That adds an extra wrinkle. Like. What if Kirito from Sword Art Online transformed into a girl? Mm. Well, then it'd be an ape of Ramna. But the point is, there's a whole new element to it. Yeah. And and Rumiko Takahashi, comedy is a thing she does very well. She does drama very well, too, especially horror. She's really good with all yeah, of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maizani Koku is probably her best work overall. Mm-hmm. And this is about people living in a fucking apartment. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing fantastic about it. Yeah. It's just people living in, a, in an apartment. That's a good story. But she's not concerned with tropes. Yeah. She's never been concerned with...
0: It's funny when anime does this, so I'm going to do this. Right.
1: Or, hey, you know what? We're going to make an anime because we know that young boys and men with the rest of development, they like having their waifus. So we're just going to cram all <laughs> right. these waifus in the show. The show is just going to be waifus and there's going to be a main character that's so unremarkable, except for his skill, that anyone can project themselves onto that character and, be, and enjoy the male power fantasy. Yeah. Too many shows are an excuse for waifus. And, okay, I'm not going to take waifus away from anybody. Can
0: you tell them what that... I don't know like if people get the term.
1: It's an anime fan thing. It's a weeaboo thing. Um, Weeaboo is a derogatory term for an anime fan. (laughs) Okay, so... I'm just saying it because even now anime fans are adopting it and they're you know, saying you know we're weebs, we're weebin'. Yeah. When we talk about our waifus, we're weebin', okay? Yeah. I don't have anything specifically against somebody liking waifus. I really don't. At Up Rainfall, there are a number of people that enjoy anime with that kind of stuff in it. That's fine. They can enjoy that. I'm not talking about somebody's enjoyment of that. What I'm talking about is the existence of that thing at the expense of... Good anime like Arslan Senki, which we need more Arslan Senki. We need more of that. We need more. We can only hope mature storytelling, and less of this light novel martial arts tournament. The light novel slice of life stuff, I'm I'm okay with. Yeah, but
0: that's like saying in the U.S. we need less of this Twilight and Hunger Games and Maze Runner. It's not going to happen.
1: The thing that makes me upset about that is that in the realm of cinema, to me, it's a lot easier to point out the quality productions, but A waifu is an anime character that is described to me as not the character. Like, say you were to imagine being married to one of these characters. Mm -hmm. It's not the character that you can live with. It's the character that you can't live without. Okay. That's your waifu. Waifu is a way a Japanese might pronounce the word wife. Mm -hmm. So, waifu. You have a particular taste for a certain character. That girl is
0: your type. Who would your waifu be, Tom? Don't ask me that fucking question.
1: (laughs) Hey, that, that question got asked me in another podcast, and I got stumped. I had no That's Id- why I asked. I had no idea what to say. It was a fun question to, a- to answer once everyone else answered their question. I was yeah. like, I don't I don't know, man. I mean, I don't think about characters as waifus. You right. Know, I, I just don't. But I do have a waifu. Mm-hmm. It's a character from Final Fantasy XIV named Ishtola. Okay. If I had to pick a waifu, it would be her. <laughs> okay. But – if I never play Final Fantasy fourteen again or if they if they off that character, if she just never showed up again, I wouldn't miss her. Yeah, right. I just – I like that character design. I kind of describe it as more like she's a fun character yeah, yeah. to watch. And she's not funny. She's kind of clever. Mm-hmm. But she's not like a comedy character. She's not like a stupid, cute character either. It's right. just an attractive design. She's an elegant character. Mm-hmm. I like her a lot in the game. Yeah. So that would be the closest thing leg- legitimately to a waifu. Yeah. Or just somebody with really huge knockers. <laughs> <laughs> Which could be like half of the anime women. Yeah, right. It could be anyone. I know.
0: So, we're already talking about my could be. Yeah, you know. right. I
1: don't man. Why my couldn't have my as a wife? No, I couldn't do that. No, she's too. um, She's not really good at anything but fighting. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's probably good at a couple of other things. Well, I'll have to ask Andy about that yeah. later because I am Terry. Oh hi, Andy. actually I already know because I had her. That's right.
0: Yeah, because
1: I'm Terry. Yes, and I have everyone. Yes. I know that there are people out there that could point out to me, well, watch this anime, watch that anime, yes. watch this anime, watch that anime. I'm tired of the school uniform trope. Yeah, Tired of the light novel Yusha trope. I'm tired of the harem animes. Mm-hmm. If you go to Netflix and you look at anime, out of 20 shows, like 18 of them look like the exact same
0: Yeah, I think we, uh, we touched on that when we were talking about Dragon Ball. We're like, there are all these shows that are all the same, but Dragon Ball stands out.
1: And I guess the reason I feel this way is largely because... Anime came along at a time in my life when I was very impressionable sure. and ready for something new. Yeah, yeah, And not only was it new, but it was profound. Yeah. Like, it was a war story with real characters that lived and died, and they reacted to the changes around them, and they matured. Like, Minmei became an idol singer, and the responsibility of it nearly destroyed her. Yeah. And she quit her job at one point. Like, it's unfathomable yeah. for somebody
0: to just walk away from it like that. Well, bringing it down even to simpler terms, characters aging on screen in animation. We didn't get that in the US. He Man was the same from beginning to end. There was no arc, there was no age, right. there was no anything, you know? Well, Lionel, you know, well, he grew a little bit, but, you know, the point is, you never saw characters age, certainly. You were lucky if you got any kind of arc, and nobody died. Right.
1: There's no dispute that anime and American animation exist to sell merchandise. Mm -hmm. That's their predominant purpose. But the difference being that a show like Macross, or even more so Mobile Suit Gundam, because there are no aliens, it's all human beings, Mm -hmm. or Berserk, which has monsters, but it's also a very human story. Yeah, Berserk's
0: good. I never saw the... uh... Uh, anything beyond we're uh, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, anything beyond that first part that that's you saw there is yeah the first story. Well, line no, then they animate now. There's new stuff. Right? No, that hasn't come out yet. Oh.
1: It's coming out. Um, it's going to be a TV show actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I the heard new that. one's going to be a TV show. I heard that. I'm happy about that. That's going to be TV and not movie. Yeah, it needs to be a TV show. I just hope it's a faithful adaptation. But Berserk's not really marketable. It's marketable to a hardcore crowd, but it's darn it's like Neo Geo. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's why I like it. Yeah. A Berserk Neo Geo game would be the best thing ever. There you go. Berserk merchandise sells to a very small but very dedicated hardcore fan base. Dudes in armor, monsters, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. But you put out a statue of a waifu, it sells by the truckload. <laughs> it's just you're selling to a different demographic. Yeah. But where I'm going with this is that anime that that tells a real story can also sell merchandise. Mm-hmm the two don't have to be mutually exclusive the two don't have to appeal to a specific thing like give me a story with real power and emotion and one that makes me think and has yeah. gravitas to it mm-hmm. this tragedy real tragedy i look at anime on netflix or whatever and i'm just like i i this is not appealing to me it's just a bunch of stupid looking cute girls in school in school outfits like why would i ever watch this why why would anyone watch this you know, there's no inherent value beyond the distracting elements of thinking it's entertaining. Movies have proven that you can tell a good story and still sell a product. Dark Knight, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, yeah. Force Awakens. The two don't have to be mutually exclusive, you don't have to cater or patronize anyone. Mm-hmm. Make a good story. Find a way to introduce elements to it that will have things that will make people bigger fans and make people want to buy it. Yeah. Macross, had an entire model thing, an action figure thing for it. Yeah. Didn't stop it from being a good story. You could say the same thing for Southern Cross and New Generation. They yeah. were both good stories, too. Yeah. They had plenty of merchandising. You no, know, Gundam. God damn, man. All the models for Gundam. <laughs> man. But the Universal Century Gundam is hardcore military Drama. Yeah, it's got robot porn in it. Yeah, and there's no reason why you can't have good stories that also have merchandising potential. Yeah, I don't see why you can't
0: do both. Because it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. It's I hard. <laughs> I, you know, it's just easier to make a harem anime. People it's, like uh, it. They like writing the stories is too hard. They like the
1: cute girls with the samurai swords.
0: Yeah. They like that. let will just it's, make more of that. We don't even have to write anything. There's some is, good character designs. That's all you need. Yeah. Story,
1: yeah. Let's let's make sure that there's a girl for for of every type, so that every guy, every guy will have some character that they like that yeah. they can call a waifu.
0: We'll do a poll. Yeah. We'll find out what guys like, and and then we'll make we'll scientifically have, engineered to. Uh,
1: yeah, we'll have we'll have different women in these shows. It's way easier to put
0: all the time and effort into that than writing a yeah.
1: Right, good story. Well, you know, it, you have to be thinking about the long-term marketability of the thing, right. which shocks me that Arslan got an anime. <laughs> it shocks me. Because wa- what I've watched so far, which is like 12 episodes, yeah. I cannot believe it. How many are been, there? Like, like 25 help. in the first season. And they're okay. doing another one. Okay. So um, you're like halfway. Yeah, halfway through the first season. Cool. But I, I just, I can't believe this got made into an anime. <laughs> Hopefully it's on the strength of Hiro Murakawa. Would I like it? Storytelling. I think you would. Yeah. It's a bit more serious than I think you're used to. Yeah. But I think you would still like it. Yeah.
0: So I've been looking for a new anime. Like I told you, I, I've been uh, – I told you before we started the podcast, I've been looking at, like, Attack on Titan and a couple of the things that, like, people are saying, oh, this is really awesome. And I watched them and I was, like, kind of underwhelmed. So, yeah. It's, yeah, I've kind of been looking for a new
1: – I like the Attack on Titan – how many episodes did you watch?
0: Two? Three. Three. Okay.
1: I watched the first 14 episodes. Oh, jeez. And I liked the first eight episodes quite a bit. Mm-hmm. When Attack on Titan went south for me was when I found out that the main character could turn into a super titan. Okay, he turned into a titan, but he was like an angry titan. He wasn't like one of those loping dumb titans. Like he was angry. I'd oh, so him. he
0: can turn into a super saiyan, basically. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. That that's the thing. When I found out, it's just another shonen story where like the main character gets mad and becomes powerful. Yeah. At that point, I was like, ah, I'm kind of tuning out now. I, I'm not liking this angle. When the character was frustrated and angry, but was a human, and had to overcome his weaknesses and mature as a character in mm. order to achieve his goal, I was like, "Okay, this is cool." Yeah. Aaron Yeager gets eaten by a Titan, okay. but then later he sh- like this super Titan with like cool shaggy hair shows up and starts like kicking the shit out of the other Titans. It's kind of like when uh, Evil One got angry in Evangelion and started killing other killing the other ones and right. like, tearing them up and stuff like that's what he was doing yeah
0: yeah oh, i haven't <laughs> seen that in a while that was a good show
1: yeah evangelion is a very good show kind but of, evangelion is also responsible for a lot of the shit that we're getting now yeah because like asuka and rei are proto waifus yeah, yeah 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 they're like proto they're yeah. like they're progenitor right. waifus yeah, is
0: yeah, what yeah. they are um they're kind of designed that way in the show too like they kind but of but they were
1: designed off. that way in the show because of shinji because he needed to react to those people in very specific ways in order for the show to expound upon its theme.
0: I remember not liking the ending.
1: It was a really I I like the ending. I
0: don't want to spoil it, but yeah, I remember just being like, eh. yeah.
1: Well, the original ending is dark, but now they've done a movie trilogy that like has a completely different ending, as I understand. But I haven't watched the movie trilogy after the end of Evangelion. I'm like, okay, I'm good, fine. <laughs> you know? I I've watched it again a couple times since then. Yeah. But I'm like, eh, but I don't, it's been so long. Like, I don't I need
0: it. I can only remember like moods and tones. Like I can't remember the story. I can remember it being really good, good ending, but I wish it hadn't happened that way.
1: I was like, I don't want a continuation of this. I'm fine with this. I just, I guess what it comes down to is I just want my shows to, if I'm going to, if I'm going to invest time in a show, I just want that show to be worth my time and not just an exercise in awful tropes and by the numbers storytelling. And I just feel like you can do both. You can have a great story that is also a marketable story. Dark Knight made like over 500 million at the box office. like last time I checked that's a pretty good number. That's a Batman movie, you know, so it's got your Tumblr, it's got your joker figure, it's got Batman armor figure. It's got its video game adaptation or whatever. It's also a really, also had a good story. Mm-hmm. It's just easier for them to do a cookie cutter show. I have a much harder time identifying the good shows in anime than I do identifying good material elsewhere. And when somebody tells me something like, um, oh well watch this show. It's got waifus in it, but it's still really good. I'm like, no, you don't understand why the 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 not that the waifus exist, but that there's so many shows that have them. Yeah. God man, I'm tired of it.
0: A little overdone.
1: I want more Arslan. I want more Macross. I want more Gundam. Yeah. I want shows that are trying to tell a story and are about ideas. That are about ideas about the human condition. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I know that they people will say I'm um, Oh, well, if the industry doesn't do this, then the industry's, then the anime industry is going to die if they don't find ways to keep making money. Well, good. Maybe it should fucking die. (laughs) Maybe it should die and come back as something better. Yeah.
0: The video game industry died in the 80s and we got Nintendo Entertainment System.
1: That's not even an ironic response. That's what happened. We got, we got something better. In truth, the video game industry never really died, but it was exposed as a fad. Mm -hmm. And then Nintendo came along and turned it into a global thing. Yeah. The average age of the video gamer is now thirty-one years old, yeah. and Nintendo has a lot to do with that. Yeah. As much as like the bag on Nintendo for being a company, I cannot take away the fact that they're an influential company. Yeah,
0: but uh, good anime probably not going to happen because that would be cool. <laughs> yeah,
1: it would. Yeah, just uh, like uh, Capcom and SNK taking all of my ideas. Not going to happen
0: because it would be. Cool. It would be cool. Yeah. Back
1: then they used to do it because it was cool, but not now. And again, I know that there are probably people. They took out my there. ideas too. They should have kept listening to you. Yeah. They stopped.
0: Mm-hmm. Assholes. Well, I think I'm Bison's coming.
1: Oh, again? Yeah. i oh, man. I'm, can we do something about this guy?
0: No, I don't think so. I think till the end of time, every time we sit down, he's going to be like. Are you everything. sure? Yeah. That truck could be anybody. That's always him. Every time we kick him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it's him. We haven't kicked the wrong guy yet. Where do you suppose he goes after we kick him in the face? He goes off in shame to be alone. And then steal another truck. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, I'm going to get them guys back.
1: When's he going to learn his lesson?
0: When does any villain ever learn their lesson?
1: Maybe he wants a job. Hmm. Then he hasn't been doing a very good job censoring our content.
0: Yeah, maybe a bison could, uh, could take over and sit in the booth and go, ha, 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 ha,
1: ha. Or, yes,
0: yes, yes.
1: <laughs> That's probably what he does every time he steals another truck. Uh,
0: yes. Drive, hurr, you know. Struggling with the stick shift.
1: <laughs> probably the only good thing to come
0: out of the USA Network show. Oh, and uh, right. Cody. I watched that episode after you. Uh, you sent me the YouTube link to the – it was the USA Network Street Fighter animated series, which I barely knew existed. But they had a very special episode that had Guy and Cody in it. It was
1: Final Fight. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they had to rescue Jessica. And, yeah. and Cody was a Neanderthal. Oh my Cody God. was a fucking Encino man. It was heaven. Yeah, it was like
0: drawn really weird, man. Can't believe that existed. Did you see the commercial for the G.I. Joe figures? Go on YouTube and search out Street Fighter G.I. Joe figures. I commercial. still
1: have a Sealed Guile figure somewhere. You bought some of those? I bought Guile and I bought Blanco. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah, The commercial's excellent. Yeah, go on YouTube, search out Street Fighter, G.I. Joe figures, commercial. Are they
1: as good as the uh, Robotech commercials? Yes.
0: Oh, yes, they are. Oh, boy. Yes. You are making a wild boast. It's a bold statement, but I stand by it. All right. The The, the commercials are great. After this is over, we'll, uh, we'll fire we it up. After we kick on bison in the Yeah, face. we'll kick on bison. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that we'll beat him. We always beat him. It's that easy. We kick him in the face, we fire up YouTube, and we we'll are watch it. Do you think we should keep
1: going after we kick him in the face? Like, kick him out of the truck and don't let him get away this time. Maybe we could cue up the song from the Street Fighter 2 anime and just yeah. beat the shit out of him for like an hour. <laughs>
0: just put that on loop. Just put that just keep, on loop and just keep pounding him. Keep punching him. Keep doing our
1: big combos, and maybe then he'll finally learn his lesson. Uh, we could try it. We could uh, kick him all the way to the Great Wall of China. Yeah. Like in Street Fighter Alpha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Which right. is another game I've never
0: played. Well, yeah, that's true. Why do I have this red gi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even see you change into that. its I don't even know what happened. Yeah. It's just I look down and I'm wearing a red gi. That's crazy, man.
1: Hey, that duffel bag you're carrying. <laughs> How did I get this? Yeah, but does it got more of your gis? Or does it got Terry Bogart's hats
0: in it? No, oh, yeah. Could have either one. Yeah. Because the last time you fought it. that's going back. That's an old joke. Yeah, that's an old joke.
1: We used to make this joke, Ryu and Terry meeting in a fight, because they both carry that bag. Right. And they accidentally mix up the bag, so, like...
0: Yeah, they pass each other in an airport, and then yeah. their bags got swapped. So, Ryu has a bag of Terry's hats. And Terry, and Terry has, has a bag, a bag of, of,
1: Ryu's of Ryu's karate key. geese. And Ryu's, <laughs> Ryu's karate geese are all, like, strategically torn at the sleeves right. and torn at the pant legs, yeah. so... They all look weathered. So, it's going to be about that time again, huh? Here we are on
0: the road. What time is that? Oh! We are on the road.
1: Somehow we ended up barefoot walking on this road. Yeah. In this red karate gi again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how it appeared on me.
0: hmm
1: And uh, I'm sure we're going to get a visit from our old There's friend. There's
0: a truck in the distance probably uh, coming soon. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I wish it was Optimus Prime, though. Yeah. He'd probably be like, "Hey guys, want a ride?"
0: It would be cool if it was like uh, Clerks animated, where he transformed and like murdered all the people inside. <laughs> that was so good. That animated
1: skit, that section of that episode, is probably still. Oh my fantastic. god,
0: bear is driving! How can that be? A car full of midgets. <laughs> Korean animation studio. We are slaves. Everybody work. Ah. <laughs> okay. Big American
1: Party. Everybody's disco dancing. (laughs) I think another thing about that episode that's so great is that they got all those NBA guys to actually play their
0: voices. Did all their voice roles in there.
1: That show is very underrated. Ahead of its time. Yep, Way ahead of its time. ABC has no idea what a big mistake they made when they canceled it because well, you, look
0: you know at- what I, it's not a mistake because it didn't belong on that station it belonged like on adult swim or you know something like that
1: has he ever talked about trying to reprise that show i don't think so not in
0: know. that form anyway because he's got like jane silent bob's groovy cartoon movie and stuff but it's not in that style at all that the clerks animated series it's just jane silent bob Doing the Blood Manor Chronic thing. Not only was it like really, really funny show, but I liked the animation style too.
1: Well, I was going to say that I liked the animation style, but I think the content is something that you see a lot of people doing now. And yeah. it was just, I don't remember a lot of shows being like that at the time. The fact that it had NBA guys from that era, <laughs> just, which yeah. nobody, you watch that now, nobody, it's dated. Yeah. But still, it was at the time, it was so clever. And like,
0: I'm not into sports at all, but I still thought it was like great and hilarious. they end up with these guys yeah they end
1: up getting those
0: guys but it's pretty cool are we sure we want to uh do an episode and not talk about the elephant in the room what's the elephant in the room well that movie that came out there was that movie what movie are you talking about with with superheroes and something something v something i forgot
1: my childhood's asshole is hurting from this (laughs) oh you do know what i'm talking about Painful to bring up. I need a doll so I can show the court where Zack Snyder touched me. <laughs> Actually, I don't feel that the movie raped my childhood, and it's nothing like that at all. Because I was a Marvel person, not a DC person, growing up. So, like DC, other than Batman, and that had nothing to do. I didn't have any loyalty to DC. I just liked Batman.
0: Yeah. I we can't it. say anyth- we can't say anything about it. it hasn't already been said yeah. all over the internet. I mean, it's. We're pretty close to universal.
1: Well, actually, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing the people that like it attacking the critics of yeah. the movie. Yeah, yeah. And the critics are the ones, they're like, they go, see, it doesn't matter if the, the critics hate it. This movie made money. What? So that means it's good? Mm-hmm. Lots of shitty things make money. It's not exclusive to good things to make money. Shitty things make money too. So, what's right. your fucking point?
0: Yeah, the movies. A lot of bad movies have made a lot of money.
1: All the Transformers
0: films. There you go.
1: You know. So, if we're gonna base the quality of something strictly on it's the not money, as, it makes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And while
0: it's not as bad as Transformers, it's just not that great. I wouldn't devote time on this podcast to that movie.
1: All I'll say is that I fucking hated it. <laughs> Not for the comic book nerd reasons that you might think, but more because I feel like the savior metaphor, it's pretentious as fuck. Mm -hmm. Superman Returns, a lot of people don't like that movie. That's fine. I like the movie because it's a movie about Superman, and the savior metaphor is only a part of the character. It's not everything that the character is about, and if you believe that, I'm sorry, but consider yourself dick slap because you don't fucking know Superman. (laughs) There's other things about the character. You know, he's the last survivor of his planet. He's adopted earth as his home. He considers himself human as much as he considers himself a Kryptonian. The fortress of solitude is not a place where he can just go and be the king of the world. It's a place where he goes because sometimes he wants to feel like a Kryptonian because there are times when no one understands him. And there's no one you can talk to about this shit. Like, See, none of that shit gets touched upon yeah. in this movie. It's all like the savior metaphor. Yeah. And that's my biggest problem with the movie. And that it was released on Easter weekend. Go fuck yourself, <laughs> Zack Snyder and Warner Brothers. Seriously. Are you going to write a blog about it? I, I couldn't do it without spoiling. Mm. I don't really feel like writing a spoiler-free blog about this movie.
0: Then spoil the hell out of it. Who cares?
1: Talking about this movie just makes me feel old. Makes me feel as old as I really am.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a, maybe a movie written not for us. It's not for you.
1: I don't know who it's for. <laughs>
0: well, it's for dumb people that like, just want to eat popcorn and watch a fight. Yeah. Batman v
1: Superman is definitely written to hoodwink stupid people into thinking they saw something cool. Yeah. But you didn't see something good. Yeah, I you saw
0: something forgettable. Never have I spent so long just n- seeing nothing happen.
1: The Baffleck praise is overstated. Yeah. you okay. know th- That's one other thing I'll say about it is that I feel like everyone believes that this is the best live version of Batman that there's ever been. If your Batman interpretation is I'm angry, I miss my parents, and I beat people up, well, that's the same thing as saying my interpretation of Superman is he's a metaphor for God. Yeah. There's so much more to these characters – that you could do with them. So Ben Affleck is Batman. He's fine. Yeah, he you did. know? He does what the script requires him to do and he does it well. Yeah. Christian Bale could have done this. Any halfway decent actor could have done. I could have done it. If that's
0: the character. Let's hear it. Right now. I'm angry.
1: <laughs> I miss my parents. And I want to beat people up. It's good. I like it. Batman, mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. So, That's good. I call the movie Batman v.
0: Superman, Dawn of Shite. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw it yesterday, and it felt pretty much the same as Man of Steel. I was just like, it's forgettable. You know, it's not the Superman I know. It's the, you know, the characters aren't the characters I know. This is written for maybe a different generation than me, and not for me. Wasn't what my isn't? cup of tea. Yeah, I,
1: I just again, you know, we said we weren't really going to talk about it that much, and that's kind of really all I want to say about yeah. it. I, I'm not trying to bury it, I'm not trying. to But I know out people
0: would be like, "You go, I know you got an opinion on it." Yeah, that was our opinion. It's yeah. like we don't want to waste an episode talking about a bad oh, movie. Oh,
1: I, I have opinions about this movie. Yeah, but I just don't feel
0: like you should write them. Write maybe them I will out. get them out.
1: Maybe maybe I'll call the article "Superman Isn't this Stupid." <laughs> <laughs> There you go. You know, I think I've got enough material. I might actually have to blog it.
0: You should. The reason I say this is because we had a lengthy conversation about it before we started recording. And there's some good stuff in there. But I don't want to waste uh, you know, an episode. But I would certainly like to read something about it.
1: All I'll say is that if someone you don't trust that you know is a devious criminal mastermind is bantering with you while a computer is counting down verbally from 10 to (laughs) 0 behind him... (laughs) do what Superman would do. Let it complete the countdown. That's all I have to say. Fucking asshole.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Gaming AM. Watch out for uh, the blog coming soon. Maybe. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I haven't posted one recently. It's because I've decided to kind of take a new approach to how I want to do the blogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's how it's going to be. So uh, we're on uh, Facebook Around Twitter, around YouTube, two commercials now. We got mm-hmm. a second one out. If you haven't seen it, you should, uh, you know, check it out. It's pretty it's, good. It's pretty. We impressive. may have gone. We may have gone too far in a few places. Well, you did. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: I'm uh, I'm still massaging that wound. Yeah. I didn't think you would. Uh...
0: Yeah, that was real. That wasn't like acting. You were like, "I'm out of here."
1: No, I was legit pissed off. And you laughed. I didn't expect <laughs> that. None of that was rehearsed at all None of that was choreographed or planned out When you pushed those books out of my hands I had absolutely no idea that was going to happen
0: And you left, and you said We're not doing the podcast anymore And I had to convince you to come back Mm -hmm. And then that song played Last week Tom quit the band But now we're back together I have no idea what's happening right now (laughs) Uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, read Tom's blogs. Where's your other, uh, your other oh, site, your uh, other dude, you're cheating on this podcast with other podcasts.
1: Well, I don't do blogs over there, but I, I do occasionally write articles for, um, operation rainfall at www.operainfall.com. Mm-hmm. I've been doing more editing lately for the site, but you know, I do still occasionally post an article here and there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm uh at Tom Tolios mm-hmm. and uh, we have a Twitter as well Yeah. for this podcast which we'll do something with eventually
0: yeah well right now it's just like we repost stuff that we post on facebook but you know so if you're like prefer twitter over facebook you can certainly follow us there instead because believe me i i understand why you would hate facebook i can get behind that yeah it's not not very cool
1: i hate facebook and i hate twitter pretty much
0: social media is garbage well yeah it's poison not for us i mean we post just like Cool stuff. No,
1: what we post is awesome. It's everybody else, though. Say you have the most delicious chicken sandwich, but you're standing on a boat in the middle of an ocean of shit, you're still going to smell the shit no matter how good the chicken sandwich tastes. (laughs) That's a great metaphor. Gaming AM is the chicken sandwich. I was trying to figure out. Facebook and Twitter are the ocean of shit. There
0: you go. Okay. That's good. I like that.
1: And all other podcasts. Yeah. So you won't starve, but... You'll realize how hopeless your situation is once you set sail on those brown seas.
0: <laughs> you called it, man. There's the truck.
1: Yeah, he was nice of him to stop. I know that it can't be Optimus Prime because he's moving again. <laughs> That's right. And the Shadowloo symbol, that Shadowloo uh, hood ornament.
0: Yeah. Oh, before he runs us over, I also want to mention that uh, it's c- coming up soon on April 5th. I'm going to put a whole bunch of new games. Up on my uh, video game repro shop, Red Repro, repro.red.tv. Fantasy Star 1, retranslated. Cool. Sonic 3, complete. We talked about that already. All these games that are sitting here, they're all going to be up for sale. There's like 40 games there.
1: And that is legit. I'm looking at a big row of games. Yeah. And they're sweet, and you should buy some. Yeah. Check him out. So sure. uh,
0: what are we going to do about this guy? Is this going to just keep happening forever? Or? I mean, who can say? And he times it well, too. Every episode, he's there. He doesn't get us in the middle of the week. You could just be driving to work. He doesn't go after you when you're at work. Or you The know.
1: smart thing to do would be to get us when we're alone. Yeah. Maybe he wants to economize his time. You know, maybe he needs to go to Barnes & Noble, yeah. sit down, have himself a cup of or read the latest magazines. He's like, if I hunt these guys down separately, I won't have time to do that. Yeah. Oh.
0: that's true.
1: He does have a country to uh
0: does to he put own a country?
1: Well, i in the movie he did. Well, he was trying to the bison dollars and stuff.
0: Oh, that's right. Oh yeah. my God, I forgot all about that. I mean, I'm sure that's still the a only thing part he I can remember. Well, yeah, the only part I can remember is a dude almost getting run over by a truck. and cyborgs, cyborgs that look confusingly like Sagat a little yeah. bit. Makes you wonder
1: if the fight at the beginning wasn't against the cyborg. Yeah. Which is weird because the cyborg was also watching that fight.
0: Is it, yeah. That's a, maybe yeah. a fan conspiracy theory or something.
1: We don't really correlate this, but the cyborg thing is kind of like the scouter in Dragon Ball
0: because
1: it was measuring people's power. That's right. It's pretty fucking. It's like stupid. a
0: cyborg with a built in scouter. Pretty fucking stupid. If what it what right. did reuse, uh, It was dumb. The movie wasn't dumb. No, no, no. Let's
1: be honest. Let's not look at Street Fighter II, the animated movie, through rose-colored glasses. It's a stupid movie. But the fight scenes are great. Yeah, that's true. It's a dumb
0: movie. Good animation, good fight scenes. And actually,
1: the characterization is really good, too. It's just a bad like the plot is stupid.
0: Yeah. The cyborg thing, I could never get behind that. I was just saying there could have been a better way to do this. But I mean And they we... found a way. It was uh Street Fighter Assassin's Fist yep. is the right way to tell but, a you Street Fighter story.
1: When Guile was interacting with Chun Lee or Ryu was interacting with Ken or him, Bison was interacting with whoever, like I didn't feel like the characters were mischaracterized. No. They like they were portrayed very well. Well, except for maybe Cammy who she barely got to do anything in the movie except yeah, right. for kill a few people. But that that whole thing, man, that whole Cammy is like Bison's assassin, that really took off. It just became her narrative. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whereas like Cammy in the original version of the game, you play her after all of that. Right. But like that just became her whole narrative. It's yeah. just like it's just crazy how that took off. Mm-hmm. Um but, but because I,
0: we're talking about Street Fighter, he's waiting. Patiently right. and not running us over. Well, like, oh, they're talking about me. So maybe
1: he forgot what happened to him at the end of that movie. Yeah. But uh, and we know what happened at the very end of the movie because we keep having to go through it every time we record, <laughs> reliving
0: it forever and ever.
1: Maybe, maybe if we stop dressing in these geese, maybe Ryu and <laughs> Ken are
0: the ones he wants to kill. <laughs> it's been our fault all along. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. Episode five, gaming am. Greatest podcast in the world. I'm Ray Price. I'm Tom Tolios.
1: Cheese!